So as the national anthems are going on right now, let me give you the starting lineup. So first of all, for the 3-1 Carolina Hurricanes, it's Sebastian Ajo, Tiba Teravainen with Zeth Jarvis, Jacob Slavin, and Brent Burns. You have Sperry, Kotniemi, Andre Svechnikov, and Martin Aitchis on the second line with Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. It's Jordan Stahl, Jordan Martinrick, and Jesper Faust with Calvin DeHaan and Jalen Chaffield. On the fourth line is Paul Stasny, Derek Stefan. And it could be Stefan Nozin or someone else that's moved in there because we have some injury designations in between Andre Kasha. We know he's not going to play tonight. Antti Ranta should be getting the start and goal. And for the Calgary Flames, it's going to sound like this. Elias Lindholm, Jonathan Huberdeau, and Tyler Toffoli with Mackenzie Weger and Christopher Tanev. It's Nazem Kadri, Dylan Dubé, and Andrew Majapani with Nikita Zadorov and Rasmus Anderson. Michael Backlund, Blake Coleman, and Trevor Lewis with... Connor Mackey and Michael Stone, because Hannafin's got an Israel designation as well, and we'll get a look at that. Kevin Rooney, Milan Lucic, and Brett Ritchie. So let me look at the injury designation here. So Shillington, we know he's going to be out for personal reasons here for a little bit for the next few games. But uh, we'll see what ends up happening with the third line defense part of it when it comes back in. So that's what I have right now, and I know Jacob Markstrom will get the start in that tonight for the Calgary Flames as we've gone through the national anthem. So we're going to split broadcasting duties here tonight for the first time so I believe I'm going to take the first period here for Cooper Hopkins because he'll be joining a little bit later he's gonna handle 10 minutes of the second I'll handle 10 minutes of the second and then he's gonna do all of the third so we'll switch off between play-by-play -play and color tonight this should be a good broadcast both teams are three and one both teams are coming off of a loss so for the Calgary Flames, it was a 6-3 loss to the Buffalo Sabres on Thursday. They're feeling pretty good about themselves, no doubt about it. So here's the issue. Jacob Markstrom has given up 8 goals on 58 shots. And lots of minuses early for the Calgary Flames if you don't count the power play where they've done well. They've struggled with the even strength. But their first 9 of 10 games are going to be at the Saddle Dome. Edmonton was the only road game, so really... Uh, this team in Calgary has not left Alberta, and they're going to have their first 10 games pretty much at that spot. So, Antti Ranta, 1-0 record, one goal against, 947 save percentage. He came off the 2-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. And in goal is Jacob Markstrom, 2-0 record, 3-4-3 goals against, 862 save percentage. That has got to be better as we talk about the 8 goals and 58 shots on that side of it. So, with the pregame notes on the side for the Carolina Hurricanes, it sounds pretty good. And then when you look at the back end of it, a Brady Shea and Brett Pesci, they're plus 11 when that second line defense is on the ice right now. So, we're going to get underway here with the puck drop as this is rattled around the kick plate. Calgary is going to be in the home reds, and Carolina is going to be in the road whites at the top. So, that's how you're going to notice them apart. So, Elias Lindholm set for a two-on-one, another shot. And that one goes just wide of Ranta, as I know Cooper has just checked in. We just got really under puck drop here. So this should be a good contest between both squads here, Cooper, sitting at 3-1. and one. A good uh, interconference battle between these two. Yes, indeed, John. Thanks for kicking things off for us here on Clubhouse. Good to be back with you, as always. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting contest here at the uh, Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Icing is waved off there, and John's on play-by-play -play in this first period. If he hasn't told you already, so I'll let him jump right back in. So Lucic trying to get this one across there. Mackenzie Weger as I got knocked away. Mikel Backlund trying to get this in deep. Picked up now by the Flames as they rattle this around Antiranta's cage. And then picked up now by Mackenzie Weger. Jonathan Huberdeau with Tyler Toffoli. 
And this was just missed, but there was back-end help there by the Flames as they can go pick this one around the neutral zone right now. Huberdeau will watch this one go down deep. He could be the first to get to it. Looking for an outlet pass is Huberdeau, and another one goes down all the way back through the end. And this goes back to Jacob Markstrom, who's all the way near the right face-off dot. He wanted to play that one with confidence, but it bounced off the inboards. And we're getting a neutral zone draw here early. John, we have an interesting contest here. Uh, as you mentioned, the Carolina Hurricanes visiting the Flames here. Teams with identical records. Also teams with uh, a lot to look toward this season in terms of uh, potential success as they push on. Of course, we're so, so early in this regular season. Uh, but I think both of these squads are expecting a nice deep run into the playoffs. And I think uh, a lot of folks in the media have the Canes as one of the potential Stanley Cup winners. Yes, and I'll definitely be able to talk about that a little more when we get back into a break. Carolina smashing out to the front, scores! Off the backhand side, a power move right to the net. And Sebastian Ajo makes it one nothing early for the Canes, 18-16 in. Boy, John, I'm sorry about stepping on your toes there. I have the uh, Sportsnet feed on ESPN, and I think, I've, as it's been tradition for us many times, I think I'm just a few seconds behind you there. But uh, you know who is ahead right now are the Carolina Hurricanes. And as a Flames fan, unfortunately, I can't say that's a surprise. This has been something that has uh, been consistent happening in a very negative way for the Flames this year. Their starting netminder, Jacob Markstrom, letting in early goals. Now, I'm not saying that's an easy stop right there. Ajo busts in past Noah Hannafin, who was not in the lineup in the previous game. But he goes five-hole, and Daryl Sutter looks very frustrated. It's one nothing. We talked about this just barely in the open as I got around between the national anthems. That's now nine goals on 59 shots against Markstrom alone for a sub-850 save percentage. So... That's got to be better here, and for Carolina and Calgary, both coming off of losses, you give Carolina the lead, it could be nasty right there. And there's a shot for Stefan. It was blocked at a side there by Markstrom, and then tried to get tipped out in front. So Carolina feeling that early momentum as Jalen Chatfield gets worked off the puck there by Lucic, but this is near the right side red line. And now picked up by the Flames as they try to transition right to left across your radio dial out of their own end. And again, I've covered Carolina a few times going between ColorCast and all these other apps. And you get later and later into this game, and they have the lead. That's when the turnstile really gets tightened there, and it can get tough. So Natchez had his shot go just wide. Jonathan Huberdeau, he could be off to the races. Good back check there by Carolina just to knock Huberdeau off the puck. He tried to center it in toward Antti Ranta, and Calgary has it now, but DeFoley couldn't reach for the pass. It got blocked. Picked up by Huberto. Nice toe drag ahead. He looked for another pass, and that's one of those situations I think I'd like Huberto to drive the net and try to get a chance on Ranta. Kind of bail them out there. Markstrom will play this puck around the kick plate. Gets intercepted there. Jordan Martinook has a piece of it now as he was able to pickpocket Mikkel Backlund. And now the Canes was stall right out in front, but it got deflected. And now Calgary will pick this up. And across the blue line now, struggling to get this out of their own end. Kel Backlund has it now. We'll dump this down deep. Carolina with Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. The second line's out there for Rod Brandamore. They are a plus 15 on the season right now. They might be on the second line, but they're one of the deadliest pairings when it comes to stopping other teams' offense. Blake Coleman sends one through, and this is picked up now by Shea as he gets his down deep the Calgary end. Anderson. Will hold off his man, allow Calgary to be able to transition down the ice with Mackenzie Weger. The pick up there from the Florida Panthers. Dylan Dubé gets this in deep with Madrapani. 
And Carolina will play this in their own end as they crisscross among D. Brent Burns with the outlet pass. Carolina, good back pass there for Tivo Teravainen, but it got knocked away. Good active stick checks there by Calgary as Dylan Dubé will send this near the right side of the neutral zone. Picked up now as Michael Stone has to come all the way back. He got pickpocketed. Two-on-one opportunity. What a stop by Markstrom as he slid across with the pad and made the save there in the glove hand. Play is still live. And now this is Carolina spinning toward the left side faceoff dot. That was one that you can definitely mark down. Maybe he didn't get the first one, but that one definitely could have been a goal. Seth Jarvis now, now in his second year. Tivo Teravainen now in behind the office of Markstrom. Slavin will poke this ahead here for Carolina. And Michael Stone will go back and pick this up. But Carolina just seems to be everywhere right now. Like they got an extra man on the ice. As Calgary just having a tough time trying to get through the neutral zone, let alone get into the offensive zone. It's 4 nothing shot edge for Carolina. 14.55 left to go in the first. They were down 2 nothing in the first period Tuesday against Vegas. In sports, it was a 3-2 win. They came back. But the Buffalo Sabres game on Thursday was a little bit of a wound. Picked up now by Brett Ritchie. Richie able to fight through it, but Lucic didn't drive the net. He could have had a tap in there, maybe. He didn't know where it was going to go. Could be a chance here for Carolina and Derek Stefan, but the puck didn't bounce to him in the middle of the slot. Lucic is diving Stefan, able to knock it away there momentarily, but Calgary will get this in across the red line now. Jalen Chatfield will dump this in deep for Carolina. And Tanev has this now with Mackenzie Weger. First line is out there right now on defense for Daryl Sutter's squad. Fourth line's out there right now. Lucic almost gets his pocket picked. And now here's a chance for Tyler Toffoli. Toffoli will spin this around the kick play, try to get kept across the high slot with Jonathan Huberdo. Stick was knocked out of the hand. Huberdo will send this back to his defense there. Tanev. Now Hannafin. Hannafin into the screen. That one gets blocked, and Carolina might have a two-on-two developing. Asperi Kotniemi, good back check there by... Calgary to knock that one loose, and I think we get a slash anyway, so this should be a power play upcoming here for the Hurricanes, I believe. Yeah, John, we're about uh, we're about to see something right now. Daryl Sutter is going to have to turn things up with his squad. This is becoming a, a theme here early in the season as we hit a commercial break here with 13.48 to go in the first. Uh, the Canes scoring on their first shot of the contest. And then uh, a great call by you. Carolina making another beautiful shot attempt and Markstrom really having to answer the bell. He does so. But now... Rasmus Anderson is in the box for the Flames, and we'll have to see who's going to step up on this penalty kill. Mackenzie Wieger has looked good here early in the season for Calgary. Um, you know, one thing that we're going to talk about, I imagine, during the first intermission, and that I will mention right now, is that the first line for the Flames really needs to get themselves going. Tyler Toffoli and Jonathan Huberdeau not seeming to have a ton of early confidence or chemistry together, and of course we can get extended thoughts on that later on as this game continues, but uh, I'm going to keep my eye on that as the game goes on. Hey, Cooper, i got a question here for you that went across on the YouTube side. This is just from Jay. He said, Markstrom has let up a goal in the first three shots, the first three straight games. Why is he starting? That's his question. I think that basically what we're looking for here is a, 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 a 
top goaltender to regain confidence. I mean, the Flames started the season so uh, so smoothly, almost unexpectedly, and then now we've seen the other end of the spectrum where the Buffalo Sabres come in and on the road really manhandle this Calgary team. And, uh, of course, Markstrom was pulled in the second period in that game in favor of Dan Vladar. Now, I believe there's confidence in Dan Vladar from the very top all the way through the fan base. Of course, he just got his recent extension, uh, 4.4 over the uh, two-year period. But what I'm expecting to see here is Markstrom still have a lot of leash. Uh, he did make an excellent save after giving up that shaky first goal. But I know that Daryl Sutter wants to get his top goaltender back in the swing of things. And I'm hoping to see that, too. So we are back in action now. John, I'll let you take it away. So Carolina is on the power play right now. They've already scored in regulation, and we'll see who's going to get knocked out of the draw. That could be a, a, a matchup advantage. There were Lindholm now and Marty Natchez. So Aho gets kicked off. Four for 15 is Carolina on the power play here early in the season. We'll see if Calgary can get a critical kill. Now, Calgary's been good on the power play, but where they've really struggled so far this season, looking at the minuses in it, is just the even strength. 14 to 17 on the kill, though, at 82%. So Brent Burns will get this in deep right now here for Carolina. Calgary just trying to get this out, and they do. There's nobody there for Carolina to go back and pick this up as Auntie Ranta has the start in that right now for Freddie Anderson getting the off night. Back skate there by Brent Burns, but they're going to let the other forwards come back and skate this in. Marty Natchez now with Noisen. He's going to put this in there deep as Aho, a couple active stick checks, try to stick lift. He couldn't get it out of the zone, and this gets dumped down by Calgary. So it's been a good start here on the kill. But Calgary needs to get a shot on goal. They don't really have one unless you want to count that clear that just happened. This is picked up now by Calgary on their own end. Trying to keep this alive on the blue line side was Natchez and Cottony Emmy. And now Noah Hannafin will kind of hold toward the left side of the crease. As this is still kept into the high slot here by Carolina. Trying to do some battle toward Stasny on the right side of that blue line. And it's cleared down again by Calgary. Ranta comes way out of his goal crease for an outlet pass here for Stasny, but Stasny getting worked over. Seth Jarvis couldn't locate it. Calgary trying to find this in between a host of bodies. Kevin Rooney as well. And now Carolina has it near the left side of the faceoff dot. They're just trying to get settled here right now. This puck has been bouncing everywhere. Yes, Barry Cottoniemi. Jarvis, Pesci, touching it on the middle of the right faceoff dot. Picked up by Calgary and once again dumped down the ice. So it's been a good kill. Carolina really hasn't had a chance to get started there, but there could have been a few puck bounces in that middle of those scrums toward the high slot that could have been dangerous. Carolina, stretch pass. Jordan Martinook is the lone forechecker there with Chris Tanev as he cuts him off. And Elias Lindholm trying to find this in between his skates. Now with Hannafin. Rasmus Anderson will dump this in deep. The penalty has been killed. And now Calgary can try to make some transitions, get something going on offense. To Foley's shot, bounce toward the kick plate toward the right side red line. Calgary on the puck now. Still near the right faceoff dot. Picked up by Zadorov. Good play ahead. I think that was Lindholm. I tried to tap that in backhanded somehow. The wrong direction. As Calgary gets this now. Jonathan Huberto. Another pass, and toward Toffoli, I believe that was, as that got knocked away, and this is picked up now by Carolina, but it bounced off one of the Calgary players. They're going to take their time, as Slavin will throw this across. 
Jalen Chatfield out there with Slavin as you mix the third-line defense and first-line defense from Rod Brandemore's squad. We're getting close to the halfway marker of the first period. John and I are with you on play-by-play, -play, joined by Cooper Hopkins. We're going to split duties here tonight, especially when we go to start in the second period. So Mikel Backlund has this now. He's going to play this across. Mackenzie Weger, long wrist shot. Blocker to side there by Ronta and still played. As this is near the right dot, turnover right in front. That was a shot for Lewis. And that hit the net. It looked like that might not have even been an opportunity there for a second, if not for good hustle. Sebastian Ajo loses it in the neutral zone, and now Blake Coleman. Will Chris Cross and take his change? Mackenzie Weger has it now. He's trying to get around a couple of stick checks, and honestly, Calgary just trying to get their feet underneath them and get in the correct spots because they're just losing the puck to the neutral zone. Huberto knocked to his knees, no call. Play is still alive. Dylan Dubé off the back end. Now near the left faceoff dot. Calgary's still with this. It's the first elongated puck possession as it's finally been cleared down and we've hit the halfway marker. It's one nothing Carolina, four shots to two. Kadri trying to keep this alive near the right side blue line. He gets knocked down. And Derek Stefan, he's going to chip this one in because it's a three-on-two defensive advantage for Calgary. Michael Stone lost his stick. Carolina has it on in front. Markstrom down, trying to block it with the right pad. And the shot goes just wide. Chatfield near the crease. And that was gloved aside there by Markstrom. I don't know if he has a stick and how the puck is in. Oh, my goodness. Hurricanes up 2 nothing, and Marstrom looks a little agitated. Yep, John, Marstrom appealing to the referee here, and they appear to be going to take a look at this. 9.32 to go here in the first period on the fifth shot of the game. DeHaan is, I believe, the goal scorer for Cal excuse me, Carolina to make it 2-zip. So let's take a quick look at this. I have the Hockey Night in Canada feed here, and we're getting... Just a mess around Jacob Markstrom's net. Michael Stone trying to clear the blue paint. But that puck goes in. Markstrom had lost his stick during a previous exchange, and it was pushed away by the skate blade of one of the Hurricanes. I believe that was Nason. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly how that got in, but it got in under the arm of Markstrom, and it will be 2 nothing Carolina. Yeah, he didn't have a goal stick. And like you said, it was just a mass of humanity there. And... This is kind of one of those situations right now. We know the two teams with the identical records, but I always... Another opportunity, big save there by Markstrom. I was just going to say, after Carolina comes off a loss, you better watch it, because now they got a 2 nothing lead right now. Seven shots to two on the board. Nine minutes left to go in the first period. Calgary just trying to get something going here. They really cannot afford. I know it's early, but I'm going to say this now. You go down 3 nothing to Carolina, it's a hell of a lot different than any of these other teams. So they got to figure this out. Carolina's got this in their own end right now. It's Calvin DeHaan has it. He's going to play this as a long pass. Goes right back to Uyghur. Uyghur tries to play this across the red line now. And picked up by Elias Lindholm. And see who's going to win the chase. As it's a chance for... Kasperi Kotniemi, he's trying to get out of his zone, and now Carolina trying to get among their own bowling pins on their own team. They'll try to go left to right across your radio dial. There's not been a lot of space right now. Just a couple of the shots that have been fluttered in from distance are the ones that beat Markstrom. So picked up now by Calgary. They're trying to play this through the neutral zone right now, and it's intercepted once more by Carolina. Calgary will intercept as Carolina going to go ahead and take some changes as this gets gloved down. It's been a little bit of a mess right now as Jesperi Kotniemi will dump this in through the neutral zone. 
And now, the Flames, with Noah Hannafin and now Blake Coleman, will play this through. Good move, ahead there by Trevor Lewis, now with Jonathan Huberdo. Huberdo now will recollect, but his pass was a little bit too uh, contested there, as Carolina will just push them back, Calgary, as they go back to pick this up, is Huberdo. Back one, Coleman. Coleman lost it in between a couple of sticks and skate blades, and now Brent Burns will get this down the ice. Picked up now by Andrew Madrapani, but good forechecking here by Carolina. Another opportunity, and that one goes right into the breadbasket of Markstrom. I think we're going to get a commercial break here, Cooper. Yeah, John, you know, I'm not exactly sure what to say right now, but uh, Daryl Sutter, to use one of his phrases, uh, Daryl Sutter's squad has not started on time. Um, if I were to uh, be a judge, it seems like they haven't even arrived at the rink yet. Uh, it's been a disappointing start for Calgary, but a really fantastic one for Carolinas. They have uh, managed to put two up on the board and have had the run of play, really have gotten to do almost everything they wanted to and had a chance during your call there in the last segment uh, to really make it 3 nothing, if not for Markstrom, uh, squeezing up against the yeah. near post and closing off a, a, an opportunity on the doorstep. There was also a cross-ice pass right through the crease that could have made it 4 nothing. So not a lot of positives right now for the home team, but I'm still holding out hope that we're going to see some chemistry from that first line. You can see in fits and starts what Jonathan Huberto wants to do. You see the agility and the skill level, uh, and for such a big skater, he's really nimble. And I think that will pay dividends as this regular season continues. But right now, they're just not putting it all together. It's one of those things, too, Cooper. We know about the 85 assists there for Huberto going the last season, but people forget this guy scored 30 goals. There was a couple times early in this game, and it's not just a pile on the Calgary Flames. A couple times early in this game where he could have drove the net and got some opportunities. I love the passing ability and looking and being unselfish to look for teammates, but I also would want, as this goes along, for him to be a little bit more aggressive and look for his shot because he can definitely score. Yeah, he certainly can. And another player to keep an eye on for the Flames is going to be Elias Lindholm. He's been a little quieter in this early portion of the season without his former teammates, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, now in Columbus and in Florida, respectively. But something to note that uh, he has faced off against the Hurricanes, his former team, six times. He's actually been pretty effective. He has uh, two goals and five points total, so almost a point a game against the Canes uh, with 17 shots on net. So hopefully he can get active, so let's keep an eye on number 28 in red. So back underneath the action right now. Flames will get this one out of their zone. Andrei Sveshnikov second in the NHL with six goals this season. That has been a little bit of a, le a leash that's been lifted there against Carolina. They really need his points. They always talk about Rod Brandemore playing too much defense. If Carolina can get a few more goals, you would think that they could be a Stanley Cup legitimate contender. Back underneath the action now, it's 2-0 Carolina with 6.50 left to go in the first. The play is going to get blown dead. Do we have a penalty? Yeah. Oh, John, I think, yep, yeah, I think we both saw it at the same time. I heard your voice as I jumped in, and I'm not, actually not entirely sure who this is on. I know your feed is a few seconds ahead of mine. Do you have any info on this penalty? Right now, I see it's a tripping. It looks like it's going to go against Jordan Stahl. We both need to take a look at this, though. So there's a scrum near the left side red line. And Kadri, did he do a little bit of embellishment? I don't know, but I think that's exactly what Calgary needs right now. 
Kadri, he knows how to push buttons. Stahl did come in, but not too aggressively with the stick blade. But down goes 91 for the Flames. And all of a sudden, the captain of the Carolina Hurricanes sits in the sin bin. Two minutes power play coming up for the Flames. So Nazem Kadri and Marty Natchez will take the draw. And we'll see if anyone's going to get kicked out of here if the ref just dropped this unfairly. So we're going to do this again. And now we are going to have some shuffling here, so we'll see what happens as Kadri still gets to stay in there against Jesper Faust. So good job by Kadri to win the draw. Now Rasmus Anderson and Jonathan Huberto have possession. Huberto looking for a quick screen. Calgary's got this near the right side faceoff dot. This goes back to Rasmus. Now Jonathan Huberto as Anderson will play catch. He's got it at the high slot, and he's going to hold. A minute 40 left to go on the Calgary power play. The first of the contest. Shot through the screen. Kadri scores! Calgary gets on the board of the power play, and they've been good at it. It's a big-time goal, Cooper. Post and in, stick side, number 91, Nazem Kadri has been everything advertised and more for his new team coming off of a Stanley Cup championship. That's the kind of play that he was making the difference with all throughout last season. Steps in, eyes forward, on goal, moves his feet, gets the stick in the right spot, and that's what happens when you put the effort in. Is that not right, John? You're putting yourself in the right place at the right time. And Calgary, a huge, huge moment there as they seem to be down and out early in this game and now have cut the deficit to one. A great play by number 91, Nazem Kadri. Three straight gold stars for me, Cooper, for Nazem Kadri. Draws the penalty, wins the faceoff, scores the goal. Excellent job. 2-1 now. Carolina's lead's been cut in half. Jonathan Huberto has it near the right side red line. Picked up now by Trevor Lewis as all of a sudden there's a little bit of life here in the Calgary Flames. It tried to get centered near Auntie Ranta and it got brushed aside. As Mikel Backlund also out there as well with Blake Coleman as they got some quick line changes in there did Calgary. Capped in now near the high slot, Mikel Backlund can't keep it alive and this gets dumped down to the defensive end. 5.50 left to go in this first. John out here with you on the play-by-play. -play. Cooper Hopkins on color right now, but we're going to be switching throughout this game. So I hope you guys look forward to and enjoy that. As this one gets dumped down the ice, Jacob Slavin will be the first to get to it. And Dylan Dubé will collect now. He's got it near the left dot. Try to give it to Majapani. Good active stick checks there by Carolina. Noah Hannafin into the screen. It bounced up in the air. It fell right to Dubé, but it just he just fainted on it, I believe. So now it's two-on-two two developing. Marty Natchez will get this in deep. Noah Hannafin almost able to take him for a ride. Good active stick check there by Majapani. Into the screen and went wide of Markstrom there. It could have been open near the right side red line. But now it's near the right side boards. Yes, Barry Cottoniemi got fought off there by Calgary as it bounced off one of the Calgary Flames. And I think this is going to be an offside. 5.05 left to go in the first as they look at Nazem Kadri on the Sportsnet feed. Yeah, John, we, we can't say enough about Kadri, and it looks like he's in a bit of pain right now as he glides over to the player's bench. And uh, we're seeing a replay of the deserved celebration on that power play goal. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on Kadri, and hopefully he is not too worse for wear here. But it uh, deserves mention that the Flames have been very, very good on special teams so far this year, and maybe that's the spark they needed to get themselves back into this hockey game. They do seem to have picked up their pace a little bit here. Do you agree with that? I definitely do. And again, you know, Cooper Hopkins is our Calgary Flames resident expert. I think Jay on the YouTube side is also liking the Calgary Flames because he said Lindholm is his favorite player and he hopes it gets going soon. But that was a sweet power play goal. That was his last few comments. 
Yes, indeed. Well, tip of the cap to Jay. I mean, Lindholm has been has been such a force for the Flames, uh, and 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 what a trade they made several seasons back to bring him in. And, and he's really a quiet leader on the team as well. Um, and, and so many Swedes on the team. I mean, it's I love seeing the Flames Instagram. So often they'll tip their cap to the uh, to the number of Swedish players they have. Uh, one of the Swedish players that they do not have on the blue line right now worth mentioning is Oliver Shillington who is uh, out indefinitely for personal reasons so that's why you're seeing players for the Flames like Michael Stone uh, and even in the Buffalo game you saw Connor Mackey draw in along the blue line as Noah Hannafin was out during that contest so the Flames making do with uh, with some of their backup kind of six seven eight defensemen but have uh, held relatively strong and John, I want to go all the way back to the net now. Do you think that you've seen a, a little bit of settling from Markstrom in a good way? Do you think he's uh, centered himself here as the game's continued? I think that save that you mentioned a little bit early in the first period when he was able to get across that right post to make a big-time save and stop a goal, I see some settling there. But I also just want to make mention if Carolina continues to get some work in the offensive zone and get in the slot and create some danger chances, Markstrom's got to be on his toes. Yes, indeed. And on the scoring side, I want to uh, give credit again where it's due to Nazem Kadri. He's on a five-game point streak with that goal that he just scored to make it 2-1, and we're back in the action. So back in the official action now, about 4.50 love to go in the first. Milan Lucic going to win the race near the left side. Face-off, don't wrap it around, but he missed it all. Rata wouldn't have been able to get to that left post, and then there was a hit on the other end by Calgary. Jordan Martinuk off to the races, and he gets stopped on the backhand by Markstrom, and this one's going to get held. These are things we talked about, John, uh, at different points in broadcasts that we've worked together uh, throughout the years now. How strange is that sound to say? But, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's it's really nice to see uh, just the basics take place. You need when you when you've been shaken, you need the foundation to be set. I like what I'm seeing from Markstrom right now. Uh, he seems to be uh, very focused at this point, late in the first. Face-off win here by Carolina. As this goes back to Brett Pesci. Seth Jarvis gets his shot blocked. Sebastian Ajo whistles this one wide near the right side post, but it's not out yet. Now it gets to the neutral zone, and this might have bounced up into the player's bench, so we're going to get a neutral zone draw because I see a lot of heads looking around, not knowing where the puck is. 427 left to go on the first. Carolina up 2 1. Yeah, a bit, of, a bit of choppy action now as we get closer to the end of our opening period here. Uh, let's keep an eye on uh, Daryl Sutter. Was, I've mentioned his name so many times in this first period. He was fired up, especially after those early goals from Carolina. But I think he's liking more of what he's seeing from the Flames as Michael Backlund will take this draw. Michael Backlund able to win it. And now we think we're going to do this one again here, folks. So Sebastian Ajo, Backlund, will do this again. 4.27 left to go in the first Having a conversation with the Zebras here as Backlund and the rest of these players as they're trying to get settled here. This is going to be a second draw, see if Backlund can do it again. So now it's in between a bunch of mass of humanity near the right side dot. Carolina with a shot as we're back underneath the action now. This is near the right side boards. Blake Coleman trying to pin off his man as this goes back to Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin in behind the goal crease there of Markstrom. We'll get this in deep across the red line now. And Calgary will get this down the red line. As Carolina and Sebastian Ow comes back all the way in his own end. It's centered out in front by Toffoli, but nobody was there. And this is going to fall all the way back to Jacob Markstrom. Just a slow outlet pass near the right side of the red line in the neutral zone. And Carolina will get this in deep. Extra pass. Yasperi Cottenemi tries to pass it across to one of the Carolina 
line of players, and that was just blocked into the neutral zone and now fell back to the Canes on defense as Jalen Chatfield, Calvin DeHaan, as of now, Mackenzie Weger will pick this back up. Tanev, Huberto with the backhand pass, and that was an offside entry there. Tyler DeFoley went a little too soon. 3.33 left to go in the first. Yeah, John, one thing we are still seeing there, and, and it was evident just prior to that offside whistle, is that the Flames are still having some difficulty getting through the neutral zone. I mean, that's, that's such a central piece of what you have to be able to do. You have to be able to break out of your own defensive zone with some level of uh, competency, and the Flames really haven't had that tonight. Uh, it's, we're seeing everything from blown tires to missed passes to slow outlets from Markstrom. That's one thing the Flames definitely need to work on if they want to be competitive in this game. Elias Lindholm wins the defensive zone draw, and I, I could not agree more there. And this is picked up now by Jonathan Huberdo. Try to get picked up now by Calgary as Zadorov. This goes back to him into the screen. Rata makes a snazzy glove save. That could have been an opportunity there for Huberdo, but the netminder makes the stop. Yeah, John, that's really the first uh, quote-unquote flashy save that we've seen tonight from Carolina. Uh, and that speaks to the defense in front of Ronta tonight. I mean, obviously the goal came on the special teams, uh, the power play, but Ronta in traffic right there makes a nice glove save right in the webbing. Yeah, no doubt about it. That was definitely one that you can mark down because that could have been an opportunity for a 2-2 hockey game here. So Nazem Kadri trying to win another offensive zone draw, but now he got booted out of it. As Carolina able to win this one. So anytime I see Nazem Kadri in the faceoff dot, I would almost always expect him to win that one, but he got taken away from it. So Dorov able to knock down his man into the neutral zone. Didn't get a number on that one. Carolina's got this now with Brent Burns. And to the screen and Marstrom, it gets tipped through the air, but he makes the glove save. That was an interesting bouncing puck right there, uh, right next to the, the faceoff circle. Uh, I believe that. Tip was tipped on by, was that, and John, you're going to have to help me with this one. Uh, Nason, Stefan Nason, for, is there, or Nosen for I, I think, Carolina? I think that's what I'm seeing now when I'm looking on it. So it's uh, Stefan Noisen, I believe. Noisen, I, I have my game notes in front of me, but <laughs> <laughs> I needed a, needed an assist from my uh, from my fellow broadcaster, so thank you for that one. I haven't, I haven't seen too much of Noisen so far in this year, so he's like one of the only guys I'm not actually familiar with on Carolina. <laughs> Likewise, if you couldn't already tell from my pronunciation. <laughs> the puck was bounced a couple of times. It was stopped there by Markstrom and picked up now by the second-line defense with Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. This goes down with... Rasmus Anderson, Anderson being worked over there by Aho. Aho just kind of holding him down right now. As Noah Hannafin has near the left side red line. This is turned over. Tivo Teravine unable to get a back pass to his defense there is Brett Pesci now has it at the right side red line. Pesci being worked over there as there's a host of Carolina players there. Pesci almost able to break through. He still got it in behind the net as Carolina looking a little dangerous. Brady Shea's shot goes a little wide, and Sebastian Ajo will pick this up with Zeth Jarvis. He tries to turn around, but he gets canceled there by Rasmus Anderson. There is just a lot of holding right now, and there's not a lot of room, as it's finally get picked up by Mikel Backlund. He's able to chip it toward the right side red line, picked up by Jarvis. An opportunity, but his shot goes just wide and high of the glass. Mackenzie Weger, excellent skate through, just to be able to buy some space. There's not been a lot of space in this game, Cooper, as this gets dumped down near the left side face-off dot. 
Carolina now trying to get this out of their own end. Calgary wants to get some sustained puck possession. Rooney can't find it. This falls back to Wigger now as we've hit the minute 35 marker. Sportsnet feed here from John Ott and Cooper Hopkins. Play-by-play in color. We're going to be switching off throughout this game. Picked up now by Natchez. Natchez tries to play this to Jalen Shadfield. He's in the high slot looking for a screen. Natchez! Oh, he shot it just high. I thought he could have pinged the top of the crossbar. But it's still alive. And now Calgary will get this near the right side faceoff dot. Now this gets down to the neutral zone and picked up by Brent Burns with the outlet pass. It gets canceled off by Calgary. Good active stick work there by Milan Lucic. Rooney will get this one down. And now Carolina will have to touch up in behind Ranta. Bullet pass there by Brent Burns. Goes all the way back in the own end. And Nikita Zadorov will check up as Calgary looks to go right to left across your radio dial to Foley. Lucic, Huberto, will pass this one to an open right side as it just eludes Michael Stone. And now the pass just eludes Huberto as it goes back near the Flaming Sea. Sidorov will get this in deep. Calgary is 0-3-1 in the last four games against the Hurricanes. So they got to really change that right now. They're only down by a goal, though. It's 2-1. Carolina, 11 shots, 2 goals. Calgary, 1 goal, 5 shots, courtesy of Nazem Kadri. This goes back to Jacob Markstrom, but it finds and bounces off Stefan, who will be the first to get to it. This is Paul Stasny, as Stasny will clear this one down with the help of the Carolina teammates in Calgary. Have a couple, probably one more possession here as the icing's waved off. Down to eight seconds. Try to get intercepted there by Calgary as this gets dumped down the ice again. Noah Hannafin will touch up, so Calgary will have a shot with an offensive zone draw with 2.5 seconds left in the first stanza. Yeah, John, excellent call as we are just seconds away from finishing up our opening period here. Uh, I think that Jacob Markstrom thought that it was 3-1 as Natchez wired one, I think, off of the crossbar. That's what I thought, too. That was very close. Face-off lost there. That's going to end the first period. Your score's 2-1. Carolina's got the edge over Calgary. Yes, they certainly do. And even though the Flames battled back and scored on the power play, I would still love to see a lot more at five on five. Uh, and even though it's too late, it is water under the bridge, so to speak. The opening goal bug continues to bite Jacob Markstrom. Just one minute and 44 seconds into the game, he lets in a five-hole backhand from Aho, assisted by Tara Vinen. And then at 10.28, Calvin DeHaan with assists from Stasny and Chatfield. Calvin DeHaan gets his first. Nazem Kadri cuts the lead in half to make it 2-1 to one at 13.31 on the power play. The only power play of the game for the Flames so far, with assists to Tyler Teapot, Toffoli, and Rasmus Anderson. So, John, that takes us to our break. I'm going to put you on the spot, my friend, although it's a very broad spot, so don't feel like you have to turn on a dime necessarily. What do you think was missing the most for the Flames in that first period? Because it never felt like they were the team that came out, well, pun intended, on fire to start the right. season. 3-0-0. Oh, and oh. Uh, Now we're seeing a little more of the team from two nights ago that lost 6-3 to, to an improved Buffalo Sabres team, but still the Buffalo Sabres on the road, the Sabres were. So, my friend, what do you think the uh, Flames were missing, and what can they bring to their game when they take the ice for the second? I really think it's one of those situations that I have to use the broad statement. 
If you're going to play against Carolina and the way that it happened against Buffalo, because again, it was power play goals, it was shorthanded goals, it's got to be effort and attention to detail here. And it's got to happen quickly because if it does not, again, this game like this can get ugly. Again, Carolina is coming off of a previous loss. So schedule oddities to start the season here, Cooper. And I'm not dodging your question, but I want to try to draw into it. So nine of the first ten will be at the Saddle Dome. And really the only road game we had was last week in Alberta against Edmonton. So really ten straight games in Alberta here. Chance for Calgary to get going. And I really think you just need to find your game, find your pieces, find what you're comfortable with. And it can't just be Nazem Kadri. I want to see effort for more of the team and lock in here because this is the game that you need to. Yeah, and you know, you know what? Let's do. <laughs> I'll speak for myself. I don't want to throw you under the uh, the academic bus here, but mm -hmm. math is is not my strong suit historically. But I'm going to try to do some uh, some rudimentary math right here. So we have a, ten games in Alberta, which I, I love that you put it that way, right? It's yeah. Technically, technically nine to Saddle Dome, but we'll we'll add in we'll add in the game against the Oilers. So a perfect homestand, so to speak, a, a province homestand would have been twenty points, right? Well, that's already out the window with a lot to the Sabres. We'll see what happens tonight with the Flames down by a goal. So my question, John, that's math-related for you, what do you think points-wise is a successful homestand for the Flames? Because obviously, this early in the season, to get this kind of extended time with home cooking, you must make the most of it. I have a number in my head, but is there a number that stands out to you in terms of points for this 10-game stretch the Flames need to put in their pocket? I'm going to go the simple answer to me. That's the number in my hand is 7 out of 10, 14 out of 20 points. This is why we work together, John. This is why we work together. Exactly the same that I was thinking in my mind. You're, and I think you're right. I think that now you've dropped it to the, dropped one to the Sabres. You've looked a little shaky against Carolina here, but you're, you're fighting your way back, are the Calgary Flames. Two periods to go, so lots of time to work on your home ice. And I think that if this game were to end up being in favor of the Flames, they're able to get a win. Heck, I'll even take something better than what they did against Buffalo, which was an outright loss. Even if this were to go to overtime yeah. and Carolina pulls it out, something moving you back in the right direction is really what Calgary needs right now. I agree. This is a big-time matchup here. We don't get a chance to see this a lot between interconferences like that. I'm going to pull up the other schedule in front of me if you've got any other thoughts. I just want to look at Calgary's uh, upcoming games here while we're in our intermission. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you clicking away, and uh, and I, I appreciate it. This is, this is, for those of you just listening for the first time, this is what John Ott is so, so good at. He's got the knowledge. He's got the research at his fingertips, my friends. I am just along for the ride. So I'm just a bunch of hot air over here and the total Flames homer just trying to seem professional and somewhat neutral. Um, <laughs> so, John, let us know if you uh, come across anything. So we got that's two, noteworthy. They got two big games upcoming here for Calgary, no doubt about it. It's going to be some time off in between the Tuesday game. Tuesday game is going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. They just beat the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight and blew their barn doors off. That's going to be on Tuesday at the Saddle Dome. And then you have the Battle of Alberta again as the Flames will play the Oilers on Saturday. So you want to get those points there, Cooper. We're talking about 7 out of 10, the Penguins and Oilers. That's going to be tough. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of tough, I, I want to point out a game 
uh, as a native Seattleite living now in Los Angeles for a number of years, I want to point out another surprising outcome. I mean, I keep uh, I keep pressing the button of surprise regarding the Buffalo win over the Flames the other night, but something from last night, yes. bringing them to two two and two on their uh, sheet across the season, the Seattle Kraken going into Denver and taking down. In regulation, taking down the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche by a score of 3-2. to two. Uh, Maybe Burakovsky said something to his new team in uh, one, of the, one of the intermissions. John, what do you think about that outcome? I, I think that was a much-needed outcome because, again, who did Seattle just play? We're watching Carolina tonight. They lost 5-1 to the Carolina Hurricanes, and what was their next reward? we got to play the Colorado Avalanche. So I was doing some notes because I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to get in tonight on this game. So for the Colorado Avalanche, let's take a look at this. They are 2-2-1 on the season. And some early season questions here, Cooper. I, I know this is a different team, but let's go back to the Stanley Cup champs for a moment. Alexander Gergiev, 2-0-1. His goals against are 3. The save percentage is 8.93. And Pavel Francois, 0-2, 410 goals against and an 877 save percentage. How does that get better? Boy, uh, I'm not sure, but do you think that uh, somebody wearing uh, cerulean and blue, as I'm going to say that every time we talk about the Avalanche, do you think that anyone uh, on staff or on the team there, do you think they might be missing Darcy Kemper? Is that, I mean, you can't do anything about it now. You have to roll with who you have. Yeah. But in, in terms of getting better, you know what? It does make me think unfortunately, of the situation in net for the Flames. I think that Jared Bednar and his squad have to ride with whoever is hot, but also you have to balance the way that you build confidence in your goaltenders. Um, we, we saw Francois when the Flames played uh, the Avalanche. He looked decent, but the Flames... Uh, really had their foot on the gas throughout that contest. Um, Gorgiev, I'm not sure, is bringing as much as they hoped. Uh, so it's going to be, it could be coin flips throughout this season just to see who is on a hot streak and who can keep the puck out of the net for Colorado. You know what? I'm not going to say Stanley Cup hangover because it happens. It's going through the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. They've not gotten off to the same start. So I would imagine that's how it's going to be for these two teams. But that was a point that we talked about when we did our trade deadline show a couple months ago here, Cooper, about Darcy Kemper. We saw him in the Stanley Cup laps, and he really did the job. There was nothing else that you could say. And now when you're looking at, like you said, Alexander Gurgiev, they brought him in there with a couple picks thinking he was going to be the guy, and he seemed like he did okay when he had some backup starts with Igor Sesterkin. But when the limelight is the biggest and there is a lot of pressure, I'm not saying for Colorado to win the Cup again this year because you already won it. So take some of the pressure off there, but you get a chance to be in the spotlight to be a numero uno goaltender here and a sub-800 safe percentage for both of those goalies. I don't care if you got Kale McCarr back there with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. That's not going to get it done. No, I mean, it's, that's very simply. Uh, it's putting it in the, the most basic way. I agree. It's I, you just it's not going to get it done at any point. Uh, and, and I will say the only thing, the only saving grace, lots of time to work things out for these teams, including the Flames with their goalies. But... These are scenarios and games where two points in October is worth the same as two points in April. So if you can get them now, get them now. You cannot necessarily bank on just 
turning it on and grabbing those points later in the season as you make a playoff push. So I'm looking on the Sportsnet feed right now as we're going through our intermission, and I'm looking at some of these scores. And guess what, folks? The St. Louis Blues actually played a hockey game today. They're, they played their third game. They are 3-0 and to start the season with a shutout win over the Edmonton Oilers. We've talked about some upstart teams, and you look at Dallas, you look at St. Louis. Who else do you like in the Western Conference here, Cooper? Well, John, you know, I think... I was expecting a bounce back from Vegas, but you know what? We are really seeing Vegas, I think, return to who they have been throughout really their existence. Um, they haven't played in a couple of nights, but that win against the Winnipeg Jets, who I think are going to make some noise this year. I'm not sure Winnipeg. Some folks in the media believe that Winnipeg is going to make a, a push for a playoff spot. I am not one of those. I don't believe that they are going to uh, tip the scales this year. Regardless, they are a competent team. They're a skilled team. But the Vegas Knights at home took care of them 5-2 to two a couple of nights ago. And, and Eichel scores twice. That's a name that the Knights really needed uh, to start seeing on the score sheet. And there you go. I, I think as long as Eichel's going... The Vegas Golden Knights will be going, and that's a team that in the Pacific uh, teams are excuse me specifically going to have to look out for. But all across the Western Conference, uh, it appears at least early on, and things can change. They certainly will and do change. But right now, look out for Vegas. I'm going to flip the script here on you. I'm going to go to the Eastern Conference, and I'm going to start here first because I'm going to fully admit to everyone on air, whoever listens to this, whoever listens to. The podcast with us and all that, I'm going to tell you, I got this one completely wrong, and I was wrong. The Philadelphia Flyers, why do they look so good right now to start the year? They're 4-1. They just beat the Nashville Predators 3-1 here today. They scored two in the first. They scored one in the third. They're 4-1 on the season. Is it John Tortorella magic? Was it the uh, team that believed that, yes, I heard a lot of the people from the management last year and say, all we need is just some better coaching, we need a little less injuries, and we can get right back into the driver's seat and get back into the postseason. I know it's early, but we'll go back to your point like you just said. Points in October matter. And look, if you're the San Jose Sharks, you definitely know with that slow start or the Vancouver Canucks, you can bury yourself if you don't take your due diligence. But I'm surprised at the Flyers and their run right now early in the season. Yeah, you know what? I, I, somewhere their GM is smiling to himself uh, and thinking, oh, you really wanted me to go get Johnny Gaudreau? Well, guess what? We don't need Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> We're going to take care of business. Uh, and they they had a great win in Nashville against the Predators, as you said today. Carter Hart only allowing the one goal uh, that was scored by Matt Duchesne. I mean, hey, he's going to get some goals throughout the year. But, uh, um, you know, you have a guy, these are your goal scorers for Philly. Now, tell me how much we know about these players. Now, okay, Hayes, sure, we yeah. know about Kevin Hayes. McEwen, all right, we know a little bit about McEwen. Farabee, uh, I'm an NHL diehard. I don't know much about Farabee, and he puts in a goal, two apples, three points, has a hit, 1849 at ice time. I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers roster is making an impact right away, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. No, and Joel Farabee is nothing more than a fourth liner right now over the last couple of years that they said might have had some promise. If you get a game like that, that's how you're going to quickly get promoted down the Absolutely. line. In one of those situations there, Cooper, when you're talking about Connor Bedard, watch, I thought that the Flyers would be in that marker, but again, 
You win a couple more games here. I don't care how early it is in the season. A 4-1 start is a 4-1 start. Yes, it could fall apart later throughout the year, but you roll the dice and you ride it while it's hot right now. And some of these teams, I will say close to 10 games in, I'll just make this announcement. Close to 10 games in of an 82-game season. If your team's doing well, I think that changes the marching orders going throughout the year. Do you agree? I do agree. And you know what? The, the best example of that I can think of right now, John, we're going we're gonna to stay in the same state. Let's mm -hmm. stay in Pennsylvania. How about the Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah. my friend? And they apparently, uh, the only medicine they need is to score six goals a game. <laughs> and that's what they've done against the Los Angeles Kings. And then now uh, Johnny Goudreau's new squad, since we're covering a Flames game, I'll mention his name again. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets put in three, but the Penguins doubled them up. Uh, in Columbus, and what is Sidney Crosby saying to his squad? I mean, he must be just firing everyone up between periods in every game. Pittsburgh looks incredible right now. Crosby has seven assists already on the season, and Pittsburgh scored five unanswered goals in this game? My God. That is correct. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, we're since we're talking about the game, you get Boone Jenner and Roslovic are opening. It's, it's 2 nothing Columbus. No scoring from Pittsburgh in the second period. And then they rattle off three in the second period, three in the third period. And as you said, five of those oh, were man. unanswered. Incredible. Yeah, uh, everybody's talking about bringing the band back together as we did a couple months ago doing that show, and that certainly seems to be the case right now, and Cooper and I will tell you this, it's really all just about health there for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We don't know how many more runs they got back in them right now, but I can tell you, if Tristan Jari plays well and this team continues to play the way they are, Pittsburgh is going to make the playoffs and they're going to look to do more damage than losing in the first round like they did last year against the Rangers. Most definitely, and, and John, as we have just a little bit more time here, I want to ask you. Let's let's. I'm going to bring it back a little bit to the mm -hmm. Pacific, as I as I tend to do anyway, because of uh, the team that I follow. But is if any team is hitting the panic button? I know this is sort of a phrase that floats around in every sport throughout the season. When things are going wrong, I think of a couple of teams in the Pacific. In Pacific, I'm wondering if we are in lockstep just as we were with the flames hopefully getting 14 points out of their home stand or the home province stand i can think of two teams in the pacific right now that may have their hand hovering over a panic button first of all john what do you think those two teams are and which of those two needs to hit that button first I'm going to say the first one that needs to hit it because they don't have a win this season yet is the vancouver canucks what the hell happened? I know, I, I can't say it anymore other than that. You, you have Elias Pedersen, you have Brock Besser, you got JT Miller, you got Thatcher Demko giving them about five a game. What's going on over there? Boy, th okay, well, I'm going to spoil it here. And, and the Arizona Coyotes are left out. They're not hitting the panic button no. because I think everyone in, the, in, in, the, in, the, in North America knows exactly what to expect from them this year. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But... How could we have ever predicted that the ride would have been bumpier at this point in the year for Vancouver? They almost made the playoffs last year, and they are winless, John, as you pointed out. That is all we need to say. Now, the other team I was going to say that may have a oh, finger or two hovering over the panic button, I was actually going to go with the Edmonton Oilers. Now, they're 2-3. and three. Uh, Excuse me, I think they're 2-4 and four now after their loss tonight. Yep. Um, 
but absolutely Vancouver has got to be smashing that panic button because something is going very wrong in British Columbia. I think the same thing, because I want to bring your point of the Edmonton Oilers, and I should have said that too, but I figure I have to mention the Canucks first because, I mean, come on, they haven't won a game, and I thought that, just like you and me, they were going to be a dark horse playoff team. they got way too much talent. For Edmonton, they kind of had some of the same problems that Calgary had, although Calgary is looking to go 4-1 on the season in the sense of they just haven't started on time. And for the Cal and for the Vancouver Canucks, I can take this a step further. I think in five of the games that they've played, Cooper, at least four of them, they've had multi-goal leads, and they've lost them all. <laughs> so I, I don't even know how you do that, but Edmonton is always behind, from behind, too, and that's got to be a problem. And uh, Jack Campbell's super era is not starting out too well either, and that was one of those ones you talked about early with the 5 by 25 if that was going to work out. It hasn't worked out so far. No, it's it's looking uh, to be a very bumpy road, and uh, you know the the Vancouver Canucks would have to rattle off an impressive winning streak just to get to 500 at this point. So they have really put themselves behind the eight ball early, early in this year. Uh, and you know Edmonton against a, a, a very competent and strong St. Louis team. Uh, of course, we saw them in the playoffs last year. Uh, they are three zero and zero. And now we're oh my gosh, John, we're back. I'm behind on the feed, and now we're back. So I'm gonna, I'll let you take it, and we'll uh, we'll trade over at some point in this period as we are a few seconds into the second period. Okay, so let's get back into our game here right now. That was a lively intermission. I appreciate that. Now we'll also get to the YouTube questions as well when we get our commercial break. So this is picked up now by Rasmus Anderson as he's trying to fight off Evgeny Svechnikov. Lindholm now has this between the left side red line. Lindholm trying to get near the left faceoff dot. Again, Calgary had scored the latest goal courtesy of Nazem Kadri. It was a pretty spectacular one at that. That's why we're sitting at 2-1 right now. Carolina with the edge. Long shot on. Gets blocker to side there by Antti Ranta and picked up now by Christopher Tanev. Tanev now off the backhand. He's still near the right side red line being worked around by Marty Natchez. As Carolina just trying to get out of their own end right now. Franchise record 54 wins last season, but they lost in the second round because they went, couldn't win a game at PNC. And Ranta was pretty much overworked. Calgary still with this now in the high slot. Trying to look for a deflection out in front there for Trevor Lewis. Now this is in behind the office of Ranta. Now Calgary with some sustained zone possession here right now. Huberto through the screen. Calgary still keeps it in. Christopher Tanev now near the right dot trying to shoot short side on Ranta. That was gloved aside, but it's still loose. And Carolina finally gets this one as Brady Shea will flip this down the ice. And this is going to be an icing, so Carolina cannot change. Wow, John, a completely different team in red sweaters comes out for the second period. What an impressive sequence right there. Basically, the Flames win the uh, faceoff to start the second and then spend about 90 seconds of unbroken zone time in Carolina's end with a couple of shot attempts as well. So this is uh, boding well for the home team. Yeah, this is, like you said, something completely different now, and this is a chance for Calgary to win an offensive zone draw and get something going. So now this is near the left side blue line and dumped down by Carolina. Is this going to be yet another icing? Did it touch anybody? Nope, it was waved off. Markstrom's not too happy about it, as Calgary will get a long outlet stretch pass. Majapani, and now we're offside. So 18-14 in the second, it's 2-1 Carolina. 
Yeah, interesting call right there. I should say non-call. I, I, for all intents and purposes, thought that was a pretty clear and uh, unquestionable icing. And I think Markstrom agrees with me. He's been barking at the Zebras uh, in both periods. 18-14 to go here in the second. And Calgary has uh, almost doubled their shot total. Four shots just here in this uh, first portion of the second period. They're up to nine. Sebastian Ajo wins the draw on Nazem Kadri as it goes to Brent Burns from Jacob Slavin. Burns will rattle this around the kick plate as this is picked up by Rasmus Anderson. Ajo with a couple of stick trucks trying to pry this through the left side red line. And now this is a big blast there for Jesperi Kotniemi, but it goes off the pad there of Jacob Markstrom. It's still with Carolina now near the left side red line and picked up now by Rasmus Anderson as one of the Flames takes a spill near the right side red line and Carolina will dump this in as Markstrom will come out of the goal crease to play it. He's going to play to the defensive partner there of Mackenzie Weger. Weger with a long outstretch patch there for Richie. Richie now as Kadri will spin and hold. He's got a near the right side faceoff dot but he needs some help. It gets dumped in deep there as Richie scores from an impossible angle. The Calgary Flames tied it too. John, I flat out do not know what to say right there. Brett Richie doing his best Johnny Gaudreau impression, who was known for firing from the sharpest of angles. Number 24 for the Flames right there ties this game at two on the Calgary's 10th shot of the game. I'm taking a look at this replay. Kadri drops it off for Richie. He finds it in the corner, and literally, with the puck inches off of the red line near the corner, fires in and off of Ranta's left skate and ties the hockey game. Unbelievable, John. So you're telling me he's going to play pinball wizard against Auntie Ranta and going to get rewarded there. That's a tough break for Carolina, a great break for Calgary, as we have a 2-2 hockey game now. We certainly do, and a stoppage in play right here. We're getting another replay of this in the Sportsnet feed. Boy, I wish everyone listening right now could see this. We'll try to describe it as best we can. John, no kidding. Brett Ritchie settles that puck on his backhand, and about 10 inches from the red line, he fires it off of Ranta and in. Boy, sometimes you're rewarded for taking the risk. It's 2-2. That's why they always say, we've heard it many times, fire that puck on net and see what happens. Neutral zone drop, one there by Carolina. Calgary scored two strike goals. It's 2-2 now. It's a good contest between the Hurricanes and the Flames. As we're watching this one from the Settle Dome on the Sportsnet feed, drawn out here with you on the play-by-play, drawn by Cooper Hopkins on caller, but we're going to be switching off here pretty soon. Dylan Dubé and Kadri gets the assist. That's his fifth of the season for Kadri on the assist side as well. So he has been money. So picked up now Zadorov. Lucic trying to find it now in the defensive side. And this is sticked down by Brent Burns and picked up now by... Michael Stone. Stone with Lucic using that big body to go off the backhand. He's going to get it to Foley, but it's going to get knocked away. As Noisen will get this one deep in here for Carolina. This goes back to Calgary again. To Foley. They tried to find him. Good back check there by Calgary. Just to stop an attempt there against Markstrom. Could have been wide open in the slot was Carolina, but that got sticked away. To Foley overskated it, and this is going to be offside. 16-19 left to go in the second. Tied at two. John, three quick things that I saw during that sequence. First of all, you just mentioned it last. Chris Tantnev, so valuable on defense for the Flames, back-checking beautifully, using his stick, so deftly knocking the puck off of a potential offensive scoring opportunity for Carolina. Also, great pronunciation of Noisen. And how about 
Milan Lucic, what he lacks in overall speed, he makes up for with that that size and fight making room for himself. He's that big bruising power forward. Don't tell me he can't get started with making some moves. Back underneath the action now, Yasperi Kotniemi with Svechnikov trying to get this loose. This goes back to Brady Shea, but then it's intercepted by Calgary. It's a three-on-four, really, as this is sticked aside, still in the zone to the high slot. Calgary with a long bid as Mackenzie Weger has it bounce back to him. Looking for a deflection on the doorstep for Huberto. Hands up in the air. We're going to see who's going to go to the box. Huberto is breaking in from behind Ronta's net, and I think we're going to get, uh, get a holding call here. Looks like it's going to go against, I'm seeing Brady Shea. Is that what you're seeing, John? See, they said Shea, and then they said Slavin on the broadcast, so let's see who it's going to be. It's definitely going to be against Carolina. It's going to be one of their good defenders, no doubt about that. So Calgary going to go to the power play. This is Brady Shea. So Brady Shea and Brett Pesci that are usually together, like I said, they're a plus 15 on the season when they're on the ice together. So offensive zone draw win here for Calgary. Can they take the lead with three unanswered? They're one for one on the power play with three shots. Loose on the doorstep. It got knocked aside once by Ronta and then cleared down. Rasmus Anderson's going to have to get on his horse, but Calgary is just going to appease and go ahead and take a change. So now Rasmus Anderson will circle this back as Calgary will be going left to right across your radio dial in this period. This gets bounced out of through the neutral zone, and this goes back to Tyler Toffoli. 14-17 is Carolina on the penalty kill right now at 82%. Calgary's power play right now has got about a minute 25 left to go. It's their second in the contest. They're already one for one. Toffoli, and now again an offside there momentarily as Calgary's just got to get situated right now. They spend the majority of this in the neutral zone. Elias Lindholm near an open right wing gets picked up now by Jonathan Huberto, but he needs some help. Sebastian Ajo and Slavin just trying to pry this loose. Picked up now. Huberto able to crisscross this. This goes to Rasmus Anderson. Nazem Kadri with a shot. Another opportunity. Another rebound, and it goes over the net. Huberto able to collect. Rasmus Anderson in the high slot, and it bounced away just off of the screen, and Carolina will clear this one down. So the opportunity before that just went above the net. They have allowed three power play goals in the last two games as Carolina, and that's unlike them because last year their penalty kill was above 90%. This gets dumped down the gold cage of Antti Ranta. He circles this around the kick play glove down expertly by Mackenzie Weger, but then it's cleared down by Carolina. Markstrom will play this one to his defense as Calgary tries to get at least another rush here before their power play is going to expire. Weger, nice hustle to get there first for the puck. Jonathan Huberto near an open right boards. He's going to play this in the high slot for Noah Hannafin. Mackenzie Weger. Passes too hard there for Hannafin to go collect this one. This might fall back. Backland now for Andrew Majapani. Majapani got denied near the goal crease. Backland now with Majapani as the ref's got to jump out of the way of the puck. The power play is going to end. Now here's a chance. Mackenzie Weger. He's got it near the left dot. He tried to just center it back to himself, and one of the Carolina Hurricanes dropped their stick. The play is still alive right now as this is deep in the Calgary offensive zone. Backland trying to find it, and this gets dumped down expertly by Carolina. So power play expires. Not a lot going on in the second one there, but it's still a 2-2 contest. Picked up now Pesci. He worked off a hit from Lucic. And Carolina trying to transition, but again, good back check there by Calgary. They're out shooting Carolina 7-0 in this period. Long shot gets blocker to side there by Ronta. And this goes up and on a play, 13-13 in the second. Wow, John, you made the call right there. Uh, and and the, uh, 
The Chiron comes up on the Sportsnet feed. We see seven shots this period for the Flames. They actually now lead on the shot board, uh, and 12 remains the number of shots for Carolina. That's the same that they finished the first period with. So that tells you the way things have tilted in this second period as we hit the commercial break. Uh, but you know what? As much as I like those numbers, still interesting, John, and worth mentioning while we have a minute here, is that the Flames, <laughs> they seem to turn one light on in the room in their house and have to turn another light off. And what I mean by that is great special teams play in the first period. Of course, Nazem Kadri scoring the power play goal. And things are getting a little shaky on the power play while their five-on-five effort has really improved dramatically. So hopefully the Flames can right both ships at the same time and uh, push forward. But really do love what I've been seeing from Calgary so far in the second. Yeah, and I know exactly where you're going with that because early in the season, even though you're sitting at a 3-1 record, look, for both these teams, nobody's going to complain. But Calgary certainly wants to do better in the even strength five-on-five department. So again, turn one light on, turn one off. Hopefully try to keep both of these on right now and keep things going because it's been a good push by Calgary. They were down by as much as 2-0. It's 2-2. And this is turning into the must-watch game that we expected here tonight so far. Absolutely. And boy, when you're getting goals like you got from Brett Ritchie, just firing one on, and that is directly related to the mentality, the DNA of this Daryl Sutter coach team. He says it really after every game. Win-loss, he's going to remind the media and his players this is a shoot-first team. Brett Ritchie does just that and is immediately rewarded, game tied at two, with uh, still plenty to go here in the second. They're showing some of the suites of the Saddle Dome. I like those pictures inside there. How old did you say the arena was again, Cooper? Oh, boy. Well, they had the Olympics in 88 in Calgary, and I believe the, the arena was finished about four years prior to that. So it's been around for a while. It's an old one. Back underneath the action right now is Carolina able to get this out of their own end after Calgary won an offensive zone draw. Michael Stone will try to play this here to Trevor Lewis, but the pass is a little too far. Back when we'll go back and check up as Stasny will pick this up right now for Carolina. Race for the puck right now, won by Calgary there for the moment. As Carolina trying to pry this loose, Stasny now. He's trying to wait toward the left side faceoff dot. Now he's behind the net. Coleman will be the first to get to it as he tries to balance this nicely off his skate. Some active stick checks as this falls back to Jacob Slavin. Slavin now around the cage of his netminder, Auntie Ranta. As now it's a battle for the neutral zone. Nice stick check ahead there by Michael Backlund. I felt like I said that a lot today in the second period, especially here for Calgary. I love the back check effort right now. That's why the score line is now where it is, 2-2. Now through the neutral zone, Carolina lost it. Calgary will go back and pick it up in their own end as Markstrom holding onto that right post. Outlet pass, Jonathan Huberdeau. He goes back in his own end. Again, Calgary all the way through transition trying to get in through the offensive zone, which I like. But yes, Barry Cottoniemi able to get a piece of it before he gets knocked down on his heavily padded wallet. And this falls back to Markstrom. Dangerous pass out in the middle of the slot, but the Flames are able to get to it. Nice touch pass ahead for Lindholm. Could it spring him loose? He looked like he was being bothered there a little bit as Tyler Toffoli couldn't find it. Brady Shea can't get to it, and this falls back to Christopher Tanev. Tanev now, outlet pass to the neutral zone. Big hit against Toffoli. Cross pass, a shot right on, goes wide as Ronta had to watch it sail by near the right side of the window. And this goes a chance now for Shea. Long shot, gets bounced off the kick plate. And now 25-9-7 record at home last season for the Calgary Flames. They want to build on it right now as they're 3-1 on the season. Calvin DeHaan 
will touch this one ahead as Tivo Teravainen will get this one down. Noah Hannafin will touch. And he plays it to the defensive partner in Rasmus Anderson. Miss bounced off Teravainen. Could be a race here for Brett Ritchie. He looks to shoot. Why not? It was patted aside there by Antti Ranta and picked up now by Calvin DeHaan. Tivo Teravainen has it now in his own end. He wants to be more toward that offensive end. He's had to stuck being back checking all the time. Michael Stone has his bounce off the kick play. Took a fortunate bounce. Went all the way into the Carolina zone and now... Tivo Teravainen with Calvin DeHaan and Jalen Chatfield. DeHaan will watch this one sail by as Brett Ritchie able to get the steal. Here's a chance now for Kevin Rooney, but his pass to Ritchie just got denied there, and then there's bodies everywhere near the right side red line. I think they were going to get a tripping against Carolina. Certainly looked like they took Ritchie or Rooney for a ride. Yeah, a couple of folks getting taken for a ride there. Andrew Mangiapane gets bodied near the blue line, and it luckily pops right back up. He's been a revelation for the Flames early this year. And this is just credit, this penalty that they've drawn, the Flames, is credit to them moving their feet in a different way in this second period. They truly, John, look like a different team. I don't know who had a Red Bull, but somebody did. They have wings right now. They are flying, and even though Brett Ritchie's playing in front of the sea of red, all he sees is green because he's got the green light to fire away. And now the Flames will once again be on the man advantage. You want to switch now because we're at the halfway marker really of this game? Let's take it. So we have Lindholm to Foley, Huberdeau, I believe Rasmus Anderson, and on the dot is going to be number 91, Nazem Kadri. And he uncharacteristically loses that draw, and it's cleared out by Carolina. So the PP tonight for the Flames, they are at 50%, one of two. And this is opportunity number three for them as we have 10 minutes and 15 seconds to go here in the second. Cooper Hopkins on your play-by-play now with John Mott on color. The Flames take it in to the Carolina zone, but had a little issue in the neutral zone, which they've had throughout the game now. Two-on-one the other way on the penalty kill. There's the pass across, and it is missed through the skates. Could have been a 3-2 game right here, and now it's 3-2 the other way. Tifoli tries to find the pass. It's batted down. I'm trying to catch my breath as I take over the call, John. And we are under 10 minutes to go here in the second, and Markstrom will settle this puck down. 1.15 to go in the power play, so some end-to-end -end action right there as Noah Hannafin pushes forward for Backlund. He will flutter this one in to the far corner. Andrew Mangiapane goes down with the Carolina Hurricane. I think that was Burns. No, excuse me, Burns is in the box, but the Flames keep it in the offensive zone. Now Backlund looks for the backhand pass, and that one was errant, sliding all the way back down to Markstrom's end of the ice. So a little bit uh, of, uh, of uncharacteristic play, John, right now as the Flames will carry forward. Mackenzie Weger, who has not been as noticeable tonight, he is on this power play unit, the second unit for the Flames, tries to hold in down low. And Michael Backlund possesses, goes cross ice, and this one bounces off a skate and is held there by Antti Ranta with 33 seconds to go in the power play. John, what are you seeing on this man advantage right now? The Flames look a little out of sorts. They do, and I see Lindholm and Anderson run into each other, which created a two-on-one, but thankfully Anderson able to get all the way back a little bit just to block that pass just for a chance for, man, Markstrom to be able to make a save or at least catch his breath there because that was dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Jordan Stahl made the right call. He passed across looking for Derek Stepan, and Stepan had almost the entire net to shoot at, but didn't actually get the shot off. So still 13 shots for Calgary, excuse me, Carolina, 17 for the Flames, 
30 seconds to go here in the power play as it's once again cleared all the way down. So this was the analogy we were talking about, John. One light goes on, another goes off. Flames looking good at even strength, but uh, having some issues here on the power play. Now Toffoli tries to chase this puck down in the near corner. It's going to be picked up by Lindholm, who's been mostly quiet tonight. Uh, Toffoli's down on a knee, and it will be easily cleared by Carolina once again. So unfortunately for home fans here at the Saddledome, an unsuccessful power play as Brent Burns races out of that penalty box. And the Flames do have it in the Carolinas. And although Lucic blows a tire... And the Flames somehow able to keep it in here. And there's a shot on. It has to be saved by Ronte. He turns it aside toward his blocker. Eight minutes and ten seconds to go here in the second. Now a three on two the other way for Carolina. They're making a push cross ice pass right there. And whiffing on the shot is number 88, Martin Natchez. And the Carolina Hurricanes are looking a little bit stronger here in the second half of this middle stanza. There's a slap shot attempt that goes wanting. That was off the heel of the stick blade from Calvin DeHaan. And now the Flames will carry out. Still notable here, one shot officially for Carolina in the period. 12 for the Calgary Flames. 7.40 to go here as Carolina will dipsy-doodle out of their own end. Dangerously close to their goaltender. And they will try to push through the neutral zone here. That one's touched along by Carolina's Sebastian Ajo. Now it's behind Jacob Markstrom. Picking up there is... Trevor Lewis for the Flames as they streak through the neutral zone. On the left side, it's touched forward for Noah Hannafin. Hannafin continues that puck's momentum around as Lewis tries to fire from where Richie did earlier, scoring the goal that tied this game. Rasmus Anderson tries to backhand it to keep it in the zone, does so unsuccessfully, but it's picked up and held in right there by Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman goes down. Excuse me, that was, I believe, Richie going down, and now it's cleared out by Carolina, but the Flames touch it back forward across the red line. Knocked back once again. The puck sort of pinballing back and forth right now as we're under seven minutes to play here in the second. And now Carolina has it in the offensive zone. But Nikita Zadorov picks up right there on the trapezoid, and the puck comes loose. Now going low to high is Carolina. Calvin DeHaan sends this one in. It bounces off his skate. It was trickling toward Markstrom. But he doesn't have to actually make a save there as one of the defensemen in front of him was able to, I think, inadvertently deflect it away. And now the puck once again bounces to Markstrom. Dangerous moves right there. Nikita Zadorov showing a little stick handling right there. And there's a stretch pass attempt. It's deflected by Manjupani, so no icing. The Flames are going to try to keep this one in and cannot do so. And now an icing will be called. No, John, we're going to play on. Boy, we've had a few of these tonight where icing seems to have been the call. But not the case there. There's Huberto leaving for Toffoli. little lack of chemistry. That's what we've been talking about, John. Huberto looking for those assist attempts, but just not able to successfully connect with his line mates. And now streaking forward is Elias Lindholm. He tries to dance around a defender for Carolina. That's Brady Shea. And now the puck is held down in the right corner. So the Flames trying to get back to where they were to open this period, where they get some extended zone time. Now Toffoli will work on that effort, but cannot keep possession of the puck, and it's two-on-two two the other way. Carolina streaking forward and dumping in. Rasmus Anderson trying to rub his man out right there. Can't do so successfully. It's all the way back to the point. And now down low toward a face-off dot is Rasmus Anderson once again. He fights with Lindholm. A couple of Swedes for the Flames right now, trying to push out of their own end, and they will do so. A partial three-on-two to Foley to the right of Uyghur. Uyghur tries to pass to his Panther and Flame teammate, Jonathan Huberdeau. He fights two-on-one and cannot keep possession. 
So a lot of action here, but not a ton of clean goal-scoring opportunities as Hannafin sends across to Rasmus Anderson, who will dump this one in. Calvin DeHaan protests for some reason as Brett Ritchie, the goal scorer from earlier, fights for the puck. He does so with his teammate Milan Lucic in the trapezoid behind Antti Ranta, who peeks over his shoulder. 4.45 to go here in the second, 19 shots, Flames, 13 for Carolina. And this one is pushed along the half boards and up into the neutral zone where it's touched along by Jespery Kotniemi. And now the Flames will have it back in the neutral zone very quickly. So again, the uh, back and forth action continues. And this one bounces out in front off of a skate. I think that was Brent Burns trying to redirect a puck that kicked off of the plate by Ranta. And he has to lean to his right and stop that puck from becoming a true scoring opportunity. John, we've got a lot going on right here, but it hasn't been super, super clean. Have you seen anything that the Flames or a Carolina Hurricanes can improve upon here? Because it's been a bit up and down. It feels like these two teams right now, Cooper, since you've taken over the claw, are going in through quicksand. And if it wasn't for the last pickup there by Antiranta, it seems like he just dodged a bullet. But I will use the analogy right now, and I feel this way right now. This feels like right now, if this is going to stay the way it is, it could be next goal wins. This feels like a slog. Yeah, it does. You know, it, it, it's not fully reminiscent of a Stanley Cup playoffs type of game, but it does feel like the kind of game where we have descended into a place where sometimes teams will go. I think one team enters this realm and the other will follow, where you start to see that neither team wants to be the one to make a mistake. And a lot of times when you're playing that way, that's what leads to the mess that we've had so far, or it's not so far, but recently in the second period. The Flames team that opened up the second period was on their toes, moving their feet, skating cleanly, finding crisp passes. And I think, John, as we've gone on here and are closing out the second period, that has not been the case. No, and it's one of those situations. I know it's not insider information, but having seen Carolina as much as I have, Rod Brendamore loves to play this way, but especially when his team has the lead. Now that they don't anymore, I would be interested when we get into the third period here, Cooper, just a little bit shortly here because we're getting close to the end of the second, if that strategy is going to change here for Carolina because they like to just play that neutral zone trap, and I wonder if they're going to get out of it at some point. Uh, yes, they do. And, you know, one name we need to mention again, Nazem Kadri has, has looked great throughout this game for the Flames. Uh, and, and we touched on him earlier. We, t we touched on Elias Lindholm uh, and his contributions and the way he's played against his former team, Carolina. Uh, would like to see a little bit more from him in that first line as we go on. Uh, Michael Backlund attempts to win the faceoff, and this one is waved down. 4.26 to go here in the second. The second face-off is actually won by Carolina, so they'll be able to take it out of their own end. And chasing down the puck now for Carolina is Sveshnikov. He gets pushed off the puck by Uyghur, and the puck will gently slide around the corner and is now back at the right point. This one flipped on. It's a body in front. I think that was Tanev inadvertently making a block, and it is back to the neutral zone. But here come the Carolina Hurricanes. That pass is, excuse me, that passes offside John that was an interesting play again a little choppy here excuse me as I as I catch up I didn't see that offside whistle but play is now dead and no. we'll have a face off in the neutral zone it's one of those situations where I can't blame because it looks like Carolina didn't see that as well this is definitely getting a little bit uh, stagnant for both of these teams if you will right now with 403 left in the second Yes, indeed, but the defense for the Flames has been very strong in this period. Just the one shot on goal 
And we are now inside four minutes to go before our second break of the night. So the puck is held in momentarily by Carolina. It's sitting on the blue line, and Kadri will cross-ice this one. And it's touched along there, and it's being chased down in the far corner by Andrew Mangiapane, wearing number 88 for the Flames, who are moving left to right on your radio dial in this second period. So stepping forward from his point position is Rasmus Anderson. He keeps it in nicely. Dubé backhand pass to Kadri. Kadri looking to shoot, but will go all the way across ice. And this one is to the right of Antti Ranta. Dubé with a nice forecheck right there, but can't come away with it. Although another shot is on the board for the Flames, and now tapping forward are the Hurricanes deep into the Cal <coughs> excuse me, Calgary end. It's held there by Rasmus Anderson, who flicks it over to his teammate, and the puck stays in the far corner. Markstrom watching carefully, and this one's trying to be forced out front. I didn't get a number on that one, but the Carolina Hurricanes make a nice shot attempt from behind Jacob Markstrom and nearly make this game 3-2. to two. Nazem Kadri will go off and finally change a long shift for him right there as he's putting in Yeoman's work. Rasmus Anderson has also been out for a lengthy period of time as he tries to cross-ice this one in a dangerous spot. The puck's sitting in a face-off. There's a slapper from the point, and it bounces out to the half boards. 2.40 to go here in the second period. The Flames trying to get out of their own end. Not able to do so right now, but they do have possession. And this one will go to Toffoli. Toffoli stretching all the way looking for Lindholm, who was at the other end of the ice. He can't connect that pass. And here comes Carolina the other way. Stepping around Hannafin is Carolina, and the puck was held in by Jordan Stahl. Now this one bouncing, and Markstrom is going to cover up. He's seen enough. John, so have I. The Flames looking just a little messy right now. I don't really have... An eloquent way to describe it, but Noah Hannafin beaten by Jacob Slavin right there. And we see on the Sportsnet replay that a nice shoulder save was made by Markstrom as we hit the break, tied at two. Yeah, they were getting pushed around by the Flying Jordans in the fourth line. Jordan Stahl, Jordan Martinuk, and Jesper Faust. Then it almost was able to bank that one in off of Jacob Markstrom. And then Slavin almost able to go all the way in and make an opportunity there. So... This feels like a contest that is trying to swing back and forth, and the pendulum, I think, favors the Carolina Hurricanes at the moment as we're in a commercial break. Yeah, absolutely. They, they have certainly answered back after the Flames really took over the first, I would say, seven or eight minutes consecutively of this second period. Uh, and, and again, I pointed out just a moment ago, the Flames blue liners have still been doing a decent job, uh, but really it also speaks to Carolina's inability to get clean shot lanes and shot attempts. Um, you know, but Noah Hannafin, you saw, was was just burned right there by Slavin. So lots to work on for Calgary. And I think that they are, especially after the last two minutes or so, lucky to still have this game tied. Yeah, we'll see which way this game goes right now. We're not really sure who's going to take it, but this has definitely entered another phase, if you will. We had a couple of goals go both way here for Carolina. Calgary answered two, and then now we've come to the phase of Who's going to make a mistake and then let's capitalize it on it? That's what it certainly looks to me right now. Yeah, and John, you know what? Just just as a favor, I'll ask you for a personal favor. I know you keep your eyes on everything as the game's going back and forth and we're watching the end-to-end -end action here. If you can, keep an eye specifically on old number 73 for the Flames. That's Tyler Toffoli. There have been some cries from the fans, even though the Flames have a nice record to start this season, there have been some cries from the fans that they are not getting enough from Tyler Toffoli, you know, of course, a Stanley Cup winner and has played many years for Daryl Sutter. 
but I just want to get your thoughts on Toffoli as we close out the second period uh, with 2.21 to go. So Backlund loses a faceoff to Stahl right there, but the puck trickles back and into the neutral zone. Slavin tries to shovel it forward, but it's picked up by Michael Backlund. Now the Flames will knock this one ahead. It could be an icing and will be as Brent Burns is there first beating Trevor Lewis. So I'll just finish my thought there, John, by saying when you see that first line out with Huberdeau, Lindholm, and Toffoli, keep an eye on number 73. I want to get your thoughts on what he's bringing to the table tonight. All right, I'll keep the radar four eyes on the scouting report here for Teller Toffoli and let you know what I see. That's right. See, you're an advantage. That's how That's how you always have the research and the, uh, the sharp thoughts when it comes to hockey because you got four eyes, my friend. Uh, <laughs> So 208 to go here. Once again, we have Backlund in the faceoff circle. He wins this one cleanly back into the corner, and the Flames will try to cycle this one around. They can't do so. It's picked up by Carolina, and it will the puck will bounce out to the red line at center ice. So inside, two minutes to go now. Carolina holds in their own end. Nice 45-degree angle pass right there. It's going to be taken by Jesper Kokniemi, and he gets this one down low toward Markstrom, but Zadorov will step in and take over. So no real danger right there. Nice job by the big number 16 for the boys in red. Now the puck sits near the red line down by Ronta's goal, but Carolina will carry out. 90 seconds to play here in the second. The puck trickles toward Markstrom, but nothing doing as Chris Tanev takes up and skates through the neutral zone. We'll send this one in, no icing. Possession time total in this game right now, 21-27 and counting for the Flames, just 16 minutes and change for Carolina. So the numbers show one thing. The goal, excuse me, we have the play whistle dead here. And I think we were in offside, say the Flames. So we'll have a face-off coming in the neutral zone momentarily. But, John, those numbers are very interesting. Possession looks good for the Flames. The shot totals look good for the Flames. But Carolina seems to have their foot on the gas at the moment. Yeah, it's one of those situations right now. And I'll just say it honestly. You could take all those numbers and throw it away right now. This game feels like it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Yep, truer words never spoken. You know, sometimes we talked about math earlier. That's not always the be-all, end-all, as we have just about a minute left to go here in the second period. The Flames try the outlet pass and are just waving sticks right now and actually able to possess the puck somehow. Seemed like Carolina had come away with that, but a little bit of puck luck right there for Calgary. And then the hockey gods take that luck away immediately. Three on two for Carolina. They're streaking in, but can't connect passes as the puck Dribbles around behind Jacob Markstrom, and Huberto will pick up right there. He gets it over to Rasmus Anderson with 38 seconds to play here in the middle stanza. Anderson able to get that one into the Carolina end, but not before the Hurricanes take over. Now, uh, uh, basically, two-thirds ice pass right there is picked up. Carolina dumps it into the corner. There to Markstrom's right. They will hold there. Rasmus fighting for possession. This one passed over to Slavin, and his touch over to Brent Burns is loose in front as Burns just slapped it toward Markstrom's net, and it bounced off some legs pinball style. 12 seconds to go here in the period. Carolina still holding. The pass is shot, and it is into the net. And just before the period ends, the last thing the Flames need, John, is a goal against, and that's what it is. 3-2, to two, and it is put in by Derek Stepan. 3-2 Carolina with just seven and a half seconds to go before the break. I credit Brent Burns from getting the mess started. He just fired one in on net. This looked like a game so far toward the second period that just whoever was going to get that first opportunity, Derek Stefan, 
a little bit after, about 15 seconds, gets an opportunity out in front of the net, gets this game a 3-2 lead for Carolina, and that's what I was just referring to a few minutes ago, Mr. Cooper Hopkins, in the sense of now Rod Brendamore has got a lead going into the third period. They tighten that vice grip, and they want to make sure that uh, it stays that way. What's the penalty call that we got? Well, I'm not sure, John. I'm actually trying to take another look at this. Um, are the Flames challenging this goal for some reason? We are getting shots on the Sportsnet feed of Daryl Sutter, and we now have multiple referees on headsets. So it seems like they are in touch with the eye in the sky, so to speak, in Toronto. And for now, with their 15th shot of the contest, Derek Stepan and the Carolina Hurricanes have taken the lead 3-2 over the home team, the Calgary Flames. But this goal is under review, so Daryl Sutter has challenged this. And, John, if I'm not wrong, if this challenge is unsuccessful, will Carolina be going on the power play? Yes, the goal is going to stand, and they would go on the power play. They want to see if, uh, on this look if it was going to be offsides? Question mark? <laughs> I believe that is the question being asked right now. Aho is in. I'm not able to see his skate here, but it does look like the Flames have an argument. The far side referee threw out his hands, signaling the onside, and the headsets are off. We're getting another replay from a different angle here. The puck was tipped and then trickled into the zone, and here's the ruling. And we have no goal, John Ott. So a play that effectively did not impact the shot attempt and ultimately the goal by Stepan. But my goodness, offside on the play, starting the sequence just by a couple of inches, is Sebastian Ajo. Noah Hannafin got turned around, but that puck trickled in, and Ajo was offside. So we go back all the way. We're putting, we're going back in time, John. Thirty-one point one seconds remain in the second period we were down to about eight seconds to play so 20 plus seconds put back on the clock and this face-off is lost by the flames but they've somehow come away with it it's in the corner but then tapped around to the carolina hurricanes chasing down the puck right there for the flames is dylan dubé he backhands it to chris tanner so a wild few minutes here for both of these teams we thought it was three two but it is remaining a tie game here as Nazan Kadri steps out from behind Ronta's net. He tries to get the puck down low. Seven seconds to go now for real in the second period. And that should do it as the puck trickles all the way down toward Markstrom. And unbelievably, John, we go into the room tied at two after a successful offside challenge. We are, John, getting a classic Cooper and John Ott game here. We're getting a little bit of everything, my friend. See, Cooper, I feel bad when I want to go ahead and give you analysis and think there's going to be a goal call and confuse anyone that's following along on uh, Clubhouse or YouTube because I know you guys have popped in and out. But I know that there's iPads and everything else that are there, and I credit the crew on Calgary's side and Daryl Sutter to be able to see that from all the way back because during our live play-by-play, -play, there's no way we could have made that call. Yeah, absolutely not. It certainly seemed like a standard uh, dump in there. And, yes, Ajo was near the blue line, but the puck made its way in. I had no inkling that there would be an offside there, but Daryl Sutter and his video team, that's why they're paid the big bucks because they saw what we didn't. And ultimately, Derek Stepan's attempts and, and shot that fluttered over Markstrom's glove. I mean, and we can talk about the shot. And l listen, we have not said Brent Burns' name too many times tonight. He was in the box. He did take a penalty for Carolina, but he did start that sequence, as you aptly noted. 
he sent that puck on net. He took a page out of Sutter's book and just tried to fire it on goal. Yes. It bounced around off some skates, and Derek Stepan was in the right place at the right time, and he scored, or so we thought. That's exactly what I think it's going to take, and we'll especially see how this transition into the third period. So if we want to go through a little bit of an intermission reset here, let's do that. So it was... Two goals in the first period started by the Carolina Hurricanes at the 144 mark. It was Aho from Tara Vinen, and then Calvin DeHaan at 10:28 from Paul Stasny and Stefan Noisen, and then 13:31 Calgary got the power play. It was Nazem Kadri, his second of the year, from Tyler Toffoli and Rasmus Anderson, and Brett Ritchie. You might want to go back to this one, Cooper, and talk about a pinball wizard off Antti Ranta from an impossible angle. That's where we are right now at 2-2. Yeah, and, and Brett Ritchie, this is what I find interesting about the Ritchie shot. He's literally, the puck, I should say, is literally one foot off of the red line below Antti Ranta to Ranta's, Ranta's left. He got just enough time and space to fire a wrister, keeps it low along the ice. But, John, here's what I find most interesting. And I hope that he's interviewed after this game, regardless of the outcome, because I think he was genuinely trying to score. There was no teammate of Brett Ritchie's out front for a rebound attempt. I think he was genuinely trying to pull his best Johnny Gaudreau impression, and he was shooting to, to score, and he did. Yeah, I definitely think so, because I noticed that too during that whole time, and sometimes, like they say, you fire at the puck and good things can happen, and we figure it out. Right now, we're sitting at 2-2. We thought it was going to be 3-2 Carolina, and now we're going to figure out what's going to happen in this third. So, interesting enough, again, I know there's people on the YouTube side, and I want to get this question there, because you told me to keep an eye on Toffoli, and Jay has been uh, putting some things that he wants to talk about. So, I'm going to ask you this, Cooper. I know it's early in the season, but it's never too early to talk about trades, is it not? So, what do you guys think of the Flames possibly trading for Patrick Kane? I like the idea, says Jay. You know, and and, and Jay, and I think some of the, the Flames media uh, on Sportsnet 960, the fan in Calgary, I think that they are thinking the same thing that a lot of Flames fans are. Um, you know, the difficulties that the Blackhawks have had over the past several seasons, uh, it may not be a case where they're able to keep or even want to keep the two most stalwart cornerstone pieces of their franchise from the past decade, Jonathan Taves and Patty Kane. And the latter of those two is a trade target, potentially, for Calgary. I think that Tyler Toffoli brings a lot to this Flames team, but I'm putting an asterisk on that. I think he brings a lot when he is slotted in where he is best slotted in, and that's on line two, even line three. I just don't know if he has the level of dynamism to his game at this point in his career. Not that he's extremely long in the tooth, but I don't know if he has the speed and the type of flair that Jonathan Huberdeau sort of needs to spark his own game. It's, it's something that is, I think, being noticed across Flames Nation right now. The way that Tipoli plays doesn't necessarily fit in with the games of Lindholm and Huberto, his line mates. And so, Patty Kane, to answer the question, and Jay, thank you very much for, for bringing this up. You know, I will say that uh, Pat Steinberg, who calls games and is the host for a number of different Flames shows for uh, the Sportsnet, he believes that it's a bit, as he put it the other day, pie in the sky. He doesn't necessarily think it's the, the most likely transaction to happen, but he and I agree on this, and John, you can tell me what you think. I think it is the most ideal 
transaction. Whether or not it actually takes place is a different story. So let's talk about that for a second there. When you said terminology pie in the sky, I also thought it'd be pie in the sky to be able to trade for Mackenzie Wigger, Jonathan Huberto, a first round pick, Cole Schwinn, and then also get Nazem Kadri. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> You're absolutely right. No, continue your thoughts. I'm just agreeing with you, but you make an excellent point. Because that's what I'm thinking. Because if Brad Living goes and he says, look, we get this 7 out of 10 to start, we're going to go into a long road stand. We know what Calgary is going to be in the Pacific Division, right? And let's see what happens with Patrick Kane. He's not scored a goal in five games. He doesn't look like the same guy. But I'm not going to sit here and say Patrick Kane isn't that guy anymore. There's just not anybody else on the Chicago Blackhawks roster. And if we go a step further, I heard an interesting stat as I was watching them lose in the Red Wings to the Blackhawks last night of the United Center in OT. Guess how much money the Blackhawks have committed next season? $25 million. So you can't expect Patrick Kane to be able to put up all world numbers. I think if you throw him on that first line there and you move to fully down, as you and Jay Apley noted, either the second or third line, I think that would make a lot of sense and maybe something I believe that honestly could happen. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, you know, the only thing is, as we as we talk about this Flames team, let's just go with a hypothetical. Let's say that Patty Kane does come over from Chicago to the Flames, uh, and if anyone can do it, to your point, John, who am I to question Brad True Living? Right. He can do no wrong. He can do anything he wants. Apparently, uh, I'm not sure what secrecy has on the other GMs in the NHL, but he, he seems to be pulling all the strings right now. Uh, and no one is saying no to him, I guess. Um, but let's go with the hypothetical. We have the time. We have the intermission. Let's go with it. So, so Patrick Kane comes over. Let's say he bumps to Foley down in the lineup mm -hmm. for the Flames and Daryl Sutter. So you have Dylan Dubé. You have Andrew Mangiapane on that, that effectively the second line. And both of them have actually been quite good, especially Mangiapane for the game. Um, Mangiapane's game has really grown over the past few years for Calgary. And then you have some players down a little further. You have your, uh, obviously we know where Nazem Kadri sits on that second line, centering that unit. But let's talk about players like Lucic. You have Richie, who scored tonight, the Trevor Lewis's of the world, who do bring a lot to the squad. Maybe not in terms of point generation, but I can say confidently that Daryl Sutter isn't going to want to lose a player like Trevor Lewis, for example. Is there anyone you can think of that gets bumped out of the lineup and is sitting up in the press box if Patrick Kane were to come over? Because that's the difficult part then, right, Cooper? Because when you're thinking about Kevin Rooney, there's your center spot, so you're not moving him. Lucic does bring some good physicality, but I also think at some point he's that cap casualty. He's not going to be here much longer, so... I would say maybe Lucic or Richie would be my guess off the jump. Yeah, I, I agree, you know, but Richie's actually been great so far early in this season. He scored the Flames' first goal of the year, right. which I find interesting, and then he puts in this goal tonight, and, you know, this one, <laughs> probably one out of a hundred of those shots goes in, and, you know, he hit the lottery, he scores off of Ranta's skate with that nice sharp angle shot. Uh, but, you know, it, it's not a question we even necessarily need to answer right now. I just find it interesting to think about, even if it's not Patrick Kane. You know, if there's someone else made available by another team, we could go down a, a list of names, a whole host of names. And I think the Flames would still want to be very careful about mixing up 
or losing any spark or chemistry in those lines below the top line too. You know, you have to consider those contributions as well. I'll definitely just while we're on the subject real quick to close it out. I know the Red Wings play the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow at ESPN about five. So let's say the Red Wings, because they got some difficult injuries on my own end. I'll bring this up. So Jacob Verana is going to be out for personal reasons, and the Red Wings have not commented as far as what they are. He could be out for a while. And Tyler Bertuzzi might be out for about a little over a month. So those are some big injuries. And uh, David Perron and Dominic Kubelik, I bring up their names because they've been really well through this season. But if the Red Wings fall out, if they fall out, David Perron and Dominic Kubelik are on team-friendly deals, and all Calgary would have to provide is those old draft picks if they want to make the move there with Steve, is my guess. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, now listen, let's, let's lean into your expertise, my friend. So let's go this way. Of those two names you just mentioned, which do you think, based on what you've seen, because listen, you and I, we team up, we... we I've, I've forced you over time to pay more attention to Calgary than I think you ever probably would have predicted. Based on what you've seen from the Flames last year, of course they're a vastly different team without Matthew Kachuk, without Johnny Gaudreau. We've covered it. We all know it. From what you've seen so far this year, knowing some strengths, knowing some weaknesses, which of those two Red Wing names that you mentioned do you think would fit in the best with Daryl Sutter's squad? David Perron, instant one-timer goal. He gets shots. He creates offense. I know he's a little bit long in the tooth. I think he's 34 now. He's only signed for the two years at like the $9 million something mark. I think it's about 7.5 right now. So I'd say David Perron instantly. If you want offense, that would be something where you wouldn't have to flutter your lines and you could throw him on a second line if you needed to. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a name known around the league as a, a leader, a point getter, a goal scorer, and also a hard-nosed player as well. I mean... As a Red Wings fan, would you be disappointed if you were to move on and you get those picks? Or frankly, and you can be honest, safe space here, would you rather have those picks to continue building that Red Wings team? Well, here's the thing. I'd be disappointed right now because he's been one of the leaders for the Red Wings while their depth's been tested. But I also know, just like you, and I'll throw Brad Tree Living into that, Mark, but Steve Eisman's been willing and dealing trying to get this team right through his fourth season. And if there's anyone I trust, just like Brad Tree Living right now, I'll throw his name in, but if there's anyone I trust, it's Steve Eisman as far as building the team. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> anyone who questions that is uh, is unaware of the state of hockey these days. Eiserman, just like Brad Living, uh, basically makes it seemingly, uh, you know, listen, time will tell, but seemingly makes all the right calls. And, and Eiserman has been in a challenging situation uh, and all sorts of credit to him. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's, he's sitting up watching these games from on, on high and I'm sure is the last person who wants to see any of the players that he's brought in to build what the Red Wings are right now. He's probably the last person who wants to see anyone with any injury issues, you know, having played so admirably and fought through issues himself in his career um, and really with a lot of luck in that Hall of Fame career. You know, I can only imagine that's what he wants for his players and also, just, hey, as your pal, as, a, as an honorary Red Wings fan, and rooting for that team, listen, hockey is better when the Red Wings are excellent. I fully believe that. I believed it for many, many years, even when they've taken down the flames, even when they've been in the way of my favorite team. Um, it's, it's been tough to see these early season injuries for Detroit, and I certainly hope that they, uh, they don't derail what looks to be some real improvement. 
No, I appreciate that, man, because the pieces that are brought in have been good, and hey, you know what? What could end up happening at some point? If Detroit can figure it out in a couple of years and Calgary's got their window open in a couple of years, we could see each other in the Stanley Cup final. That'd be a dream. Oh, it's been it's been far too long. I mean, gosh, I, now, of course, any Flames fan worth anything will uh, always take an opportunity to mention the 04 run. So, of course, of course, I'll take my my chance to mention the 04 run. And I still, I can vividly remember the Flames uh, playing the Red Wings in the second round that year. And it was just a fantastic series, uh, one that was uh, finished by the eliminator, Marty Jelena. For the Flames, uh, who's been with the organization, the, the Calgary organization, for many years now, um, yeah, I just now I'm now I'm just going down memory lane, and, and I have to I'm going to age myself here. I I uh, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had those those games for posterity. I wanted to be able to watch them again. So every time the Flames were on, I would pop a <laughs> I pop a cassette into the VCR, John, and I'd record those games. Back in the early 2000s, and those uh, those tapes are still somewhere. I might have to get out the old VCR one of these days. That's great, man. There's totally nothing wrong with that because I have to relive a lot of memories nowadays. Because I'll just be honest here. I know we're in the intermission. It's going to be closing shortly, but all my Detroit pro teams are struggling right now. So really, the only thing we got is the Red Wings here. Besides college, and I love college more than anyone too, but it's really the Red Wings are bust. So. I'm hoping for good things, but I know it's going to take a couple more seasons. But you have to be ecstatic. Again, I know we talked about it before, but with all the moves that have happened, I don't care the schedule anomalies are now, but I don't tend on a home. Calgary's got a real opportunity right now, not only to continue to build on the things that they were doing last year, and you have to get through those early season doldrums. I understand there's a lot of new pieces, but I also think there's a lot of guys in that locker room, Cooper. I know that Kachuk and uh, Gaudreau are not there anymore, but there's a lot of guys in that locker room who said, man, if we could just get back there and do what we did and just get through that second round and make that next push. And I know that's hard to battle through because we're early in the season, but I do believe that in my heart. These guys are thinking, if we could just get back there and make something happen, we can make this push, and we have a really good team to do so. Yeah, no, listen, I, I, of all people I'd want to hear that from, it'd be you. I mean, you know what you're talking about, and, and I certainly trust your assessment. I agree with it. Um, I, I don't feel like it's the homer in me. I, I try to be uh, a good fan and a good analyst and, and, and be as neutral as possible. And I think the things that we've talked about during this break are are very timely. I think that the Flames brought in incredible players. Nazem Kadri has been outstanding yeah. in this early part of the season and that was my biggest concern now listen Huberto has not been I think as outstanding as Kadri but you see it you see it from him I feel like Huberto really is committed to succeeding with Calgary and not just because he signed the massive extension but I, you see it in his play that he wants those assists he wants to set up his teammates on the doorstep he wants to be the top point getter you can see it in there's a there's a, a drive in his play and what we talked about about 10 minutes ago about Patrick Kane that conversation will continue and I do believe that the Flames are one more piece away I think you have a, a set blue line I think you have set complementary lines it's just that top end right wing that probably needs to be brought in um, and now my friend I am very tempted because I wasn't 
Perron was not on my radar, and now, unfortunately, he very much is. So we'll have to keep an eye on that situation. It ultimately depends on what happened with the Red Wings. Look, I'm not hoping for a collapse, but I also know, just like you did when we were thinking about trade deadline show, and who could leave and who could uh, get to the end of the playoffs. Look, Boston Bruins have been much, much better than expected. I think you even said that might be one of the teams I would miss. I picked the Capitals. But they were supposed to go through a lot of injury concerns throughout the year, and they look no worse for wear right now. So it ultimately depends on what happens in the standings, but that would be the name I would think of between Perron and Kubelik because it's two-year deals, and that, that just seems to make too much sense. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and, and obviously you're right. It, it, it depends on a lot of uh, circumstantial elements. Uh, but we, you and I, certainly will keep our eyes on that. And uh, just before, you know, here's, here's just a classic move for, for two broadcasters. Let's just run quickly through uh, the games around the NHL. We have a Baker's Dozen tonight, lucky 13 games, whereas last night just the three. Uh, so let's go through some of these scores here, John. I know you've done this for me many times. I'll, uh, I'll break it down here real quickly. So we've touched on a lot of these, but we'll just go uh, top to bottom. So the Philadelphia Flyers take down the Nashville Predators in Nashville by a final score of 3-1. to one. The LA Kings fall to the Washington Capitals by a final score of 4-3. to three. Your uh, winning goal there by Marcus Johansson. And let's take a look at uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs handling the Winnipeg Jets by a comfortable final of 4-1. to one. The Montreal Canadiens at home in Quebec lose to the Dallas Stars by a score of 5-2. to two. Tampa Bay Lightning take down the Islanders. Uh, at home in Tampa Bay, 5-3. to three. The Penguins, as we said earlier, scoring six goals yet again to just three to Columbus, beating Columbus there. The Senators, 6-2 over the Coyotes. Getting shut out in Edmonton are the Oilers by the Blues, 2-zip. The Boston Bruins win in overtime, 4-3 over Minnesota. The Devils win 2-1 over the Sharks. Sabres, 2-1 over the Canucks. And we have a couple of games going on right now. And one of those is Calgary versus Carolina, and we are underway here in the third period with about 10 seconds elapsed. 20 shots in the game for Calgary, 14 for Carolina, as the Hurricanes hold in right now at the right point and send this one along the dasher, and it's dropped off to Markstrom's left. Excuse me, his right, and that one actually ricocheted, I think, off the outside of the goal, now streaking the other way for the Flames is Elias Lindholm. He tries to fight for the puck there down in the corner and cannot come up with possession. Trying to keep it in there for the Flames is Uyghur. It will bounce across. Excuse me, that was not Uyghur. That was Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman, they don't even have similar numbers, so I'm going to have to correct myself there. It's held in by the Flames and knocked across from left to right toward the near half boards. Now Carolina does clear out, and Blake Coleman on the ice in the middle of that flaming sea is going to backhand it in, but it's gloved down by the Hurricanes and tapped over to Brent Burns. Excuse me, that Martin Nietzsche's. Now down there with a big hit is Zadorov on Nietzsche's, and he goes down. It looks to be popping up very quickly, though, as Blake Coleman is still out on the ice. He's been out for the entire period so far, about a minute and 20 seconds, and the puck is picked up by Carolina. They streak in toward Markstrom, and it's left there in the right corner, picked up and carried along by Svechnikov. Back down to the half boards and over to Brent Burns. He goes right point to left point. It's fluttered forward. 
from a distance, and Markstrom watches that puck bounce aside, and it's fired right on, bounces off a backside of one of the flames, and Markstrom didn't have to make a save there. And now coming out the other way, two-on-one is Kadri. Kadri goes with a wrister, and I think that one is saved off the tip of the glove by Ronta. So uh, some more back-to-back, -back, excuse me, end-to-end -end action here to start the third as we have some extracurricular down in the corner there. Svechnikov tied up with, I think, Dylan Dubé, and the play is whistled down. We're going to get an interference call, John. So Nate just got messed up by Zadorov on the other end. He's just trying to get a shot in. He got a little how do you do, and the Majapati being held in there as Nazem Kadri was able to get a good shot there on Antti Ranta. So Nikita Zadorov bringing the pain there on Marty Nature. she got to be ready as he drops his stick. Yes, indeed. Third pairing or not, Zadorov is going to make an impact. He did against Natchez. And we have interference against Sveshnikov, who checked... Manjapani from behind, and so the Flames' top power play unit is on for the fourth time tonight. Rasmus Anderson skates left to right along the blue line as the Flames hold in. It's tabbed back to Anderson at the right point. He goes right to left to Huberdo. Huberdo tries to find, this has been the story of Huberdo's season so far, tries to go high to low, can't do so, and the, excuse me, the Hurricanes will break back out, and now the Flames pick up in their own end. A minute 34 to go here in the power play, and this one is carried in blatantly offside by the flames and play is whistled down so about two minutes and 18 seconds have expired here in the third period and we're seeing more of what we saw near the end of the second aren't we john we are we're seeing a lot of physical battles here and i don't want to hit the repeat button too much here for jonathan huberdo but a little too much passing here over the last few times i'd love to see him get a couple rippers on net i agree i think he needs to take a page out of brent burns book and uh, just put that on net you know, he's trying to find his teammates, which which is certainly admirable. But uh, sometimes you just got to get your feet moving and, and make something out of nothing. So here come the Calgary Flames. Michael Backlund tries to carry in. It's actually deflected off of a stick blade. I think that was Dubé tapping it into the left corner. That's where the Flames will fight for it, and they do not come away with it. The Hurricanes will clear. I've been struggling all night getting Carolina, Calgary, Hurricanes, Flames. <laughs> and right now I can confidently say that the Flames have sent the puck down to Auntie Ranta's trapezoid where he tries to clear and I believe the puck is deflected up into the net play whistled down once again so 57 seconds to go here in the fourth man advantage of the night for Calgary John just uh, one goal on the power play that's by Nazem Kadri who we see right now on our Sportsnet feed and uh, this would be a time for Calgary to capitalize they often struggle when it comes to these uh, power play attempts and the Flames have looked so good early in the season until that Buffalo game a couple nights ago when it came to special teams. Yeah, since one of those situations with the face-off going to begin underway, the Carolina can have that turnstile. They've been good on the penalty kill, so we'll see what Calgary can do here. Absolutely. So Lindholm's going to send this one high to low, and it's down again. It's Oh, excuse me, I thought it was Richie again, but we actually have Tyler Toffoli with a shot right on. And he puts that one into the breadbasket of Ranta. So I guess the sharp angle shots are, uh, are are not giving the Flames any consternation. They are taking him when they can get him. But Ranta in excellent position right there. And basically Toffoli just hit the bullseye. He hits the A in the Canes, descending down the chest of the goaltender for Carolina. Nazem Kadri in the face-off circle again. Sorry to cut you off there, John. I'll uh, let you jump back in just momentarily as Rasmus Anderson has at the left Point. And this one is fired on from a sharp angle yet again. Nazem Kadri turned and fired that wrister, but Ranta in a good spot once more. Now Kadri in the left half boards. 
He's near the face-off circle, tries to cycle this one back to Rasmus Anderson, but does so too gently. And it's fired back down by Carolina right on Markstrom. And he has to stop that puck and leaves it for the Swedish defenseman Rasmus Anderson. So 15 seconds to go here in the power play for the Flames. They are just on side as Toffoli is still on this shift. He pushes Brent Burns off the puck, and Kadri will cycle it all the way back. But excuse me, the puck does not actually make it out of the corner. It's off of a skate and up into the net. So, John, I cut you off about a minute ago. Do you remember what you were going to comment there? Oh, Sorry I, to step on you. I was just going to say, which is going to make me laugh, I can't think of so many impossible angle shots in one game, but both teams are just like you said, no consternation. We're inside the red line. Let's let it go. <laughs> Yeah, any angle, any shot attempt, they're going to take it. That has been the case so far as there are eight seconds to go here. Backlund versus Ajo, and Ajo loses it to number 11 for the Flames. And this one's fired right on. There's a rebound out front, but no flame on the doorstep as the penalty expires. So coming out of the box is Sveshnikov, and Chris Tanev dumps one of the Hurricanes. Couldn't get a, a television number there to see who went down, but no worse for wear. They're up down. Here come the Flames. Backlund tries to dip to do around Slavin. He puts this one on backhand. The rebound comes out again to the high slot, but unlucky for the Flames, the Zadorov is fighting against, I believe, Svechnikov. No, make that Martin Natchez. And Zadorov lost his stick. He heads back to the bench. And here come the Carolina Hurricanes, left to right, on your radio dial. Great move right there. Zadorov gets beaten, and the blocker stopped by Markstrom is incredible. What a timely save right there. His top stop of the night. That last shot, almost 82 miles per hour from literally about five feet away. 15-20 to go here in the third, and Carolina could have easily made it 3-2, to two, but we remain tied at two apiece. So Britt Ritchie, whose name we've said quite a bit tonight, he's on the forecheck right there, does a good job of pressuring Carolina, but they come out cleanly. They don't have numbers, though, so this one will be cycled down low, and Markstrom can't find it. It's behind him in the trapezoid, just off of his right shoulder, picked up there by Milan Lucic, but he cannot clear successfully. Now that puck flutters across the crease, and it's held in by Carolina. In the high slot, there's a snapshot attempt. Somebody lost a glove. John, it's a classic Cooper John contest. We're getting everything, my friend. 14.45 to go here. One of the Carolina Hurricanes blows a tire. That is Stefan. Oh, my gosh, it's Noisen. I think I got his name right for the first time. Here comes Nazim Kadri. He streaks in, but he loses possession. Manjapani trying to forecheck, but the Carolina Hurricanes hold it at the blue line. They will carry in. There's a shot from the right faceoff dot to Markstrom's right, I should say. And the Flames fighting for the puck in their own end of the ice. This one flutters forward, and it's knocked out by Calgary and then stood up, but not going down to the ice. And Manjapani comes forward. Dylan Dubé now loses the puck, and we're going end-to-end -end here, John. It's, it's going to be the next goal wins. You said it last period. I think that is what we're looking at dead in the face right now. 14 minutes to go, so six have elapsed here, elapsed here in the third period. And Carolina sends it right back into the Flames' end. So Dylan Dubé picks up. He tries to carry in. He will chip this one in, but it's off of a body. And I think it uh, went up and out of play, potentially into the players' bench. John, help me out here. What are you seeing, my friend? We got gloves flying. We have Nikita Zadorov losing his stick. We got shot attempts. There's so much happening, but we're still tied at two. So let's get to the prime scoring opportunity, and that was an excellent save by Jacob Markstrom on Jesperi Kotniemi, breaking an all-alone on Zadorov. Backhand, forehand, stop there by Markstrom. And then Zadorov, just before that, he dropped his stick. I thought he was going to punch somebody in the face, so I was going to get excited to see that. Then we had gloves all over the place.
place. We had chances everywhere. We're back to the uh, fast pace action when it was just the last probably eight minutes of the second period and third period extended combined where it was pretty slow. Now we're getting back into scoring opportunities. So we'll see who takes this one. It's been fun. Sorry, John, a little technical difficulty with the old mute button right there. So uh, we're back here with the commercial break. And, you know, I'm, I'm still, I remain steadfast on my focus. Uh, I don't want to be, uh, you know, leaning too hard toward it. But the Flames, I think, win this game if they get 10% more from their first line. I'm not expecting that top line to do everything for the Flames. And in fact, they've had a ton of different goal scorers this season. Uh, they've had assists from their blue liners. They've had, you know, Richie tonight. We're talking third and fourth liners making impacts. But if they get just a bit more, and I think it's to your point from a few times in tonight's game, if Huberto just flips the switch and thinks shot first instead of pass first, I'm just wondering if with his skill level, he's able to turn the tide tonight for the home team. Yeah, and I want to make the point of immediacy and then make the point for the road trip later because Huberto, yes, he could do that and turn the switch right now and Calgary can win this game, but I wonder if that confidence will stretch in when Calgary goes in a long road stand and they just say, let's go, man. You scored 30 goals last season and be confident. Make your passes when you can make them. Shoot it when you can make them. We trust you. Absolutely, and uh, and you know it, it bears mentioning once again that this game was three to Carolina, but the goal by Derek Stepan waved off due to a Sebastian Ajo offside challenge that was won by Daryl Sutter and his video team. So we remain tied at two. Twenty-three shots for Calgary, eighteen for Carolina. Thirteen minutes forty-six seconds to go here in the third period. Now Calgary has the puck bounce off of a body in Carolina's end, but they cannot possess the puck, and it will be sent out to center ice and taken along there by Ajo. Rasmus Anderson makes a nice push in the corner but can't come up with the puck, and this one is deflected on. No goal! It's loose on the blue paint! No goal! Markstrom down! He snow angels and closes the legs! John, how did the puck stay out? It's still 2-2! I'm just happy I didn't scream on that one because I don't know how the puck didn't didn't go in there. Markstrom falls right on it. It's Aho. It's everybody else there in the middle of the paint. Markstrom's got the smell on it. Everybody's looking at the scoreboard right now. Boy, everyone, including us. So let's take a look at this one. It's sent in by Aho. A beautiful cross-eyes pass. Slavin has all sorts of net to look at. And I think the puck bounced up and across. Maybe hit the crossbar. Markstrom does get a pad on that one, and it flutters. The puck flutters above the crossbar, falls back down underneath Markstrom's backside, and I think Jarvis comes in, he jams away, and Markstrom's helmet is literally in the back of the cage as he closes the pads and somehow keeps it tied. Unbelievable. So we'll keep the play-by-play -play going here. Markstrom, worth noting, 6-4-1 in his career versus the Hurricanes, looking to make that 7-4-1. But we have ourselves a very tight contest as the Flames backhand this one into the zone. And chasing down there is the former Tampa Bay Lightning man, Blake Coleman. So Coleman, this has been a refrain for me so far tonight. Flames not able to keep the possession, but Coleman able to knock it over to Michael Backlund. Michael Backlund battling in the trapezoid, gets it to Coleman. Coleman can't keep the puck on a stick. Bodies going down everywhere, and I think we have a potential icing here as Chris Tanev skates down. Svechnikov can't beat him, so the Flames will have the faceoff to the right 
of Auntie Ranta. My goodness, John, what can we say? This has been a wild one. So just before that, to go back in the previous scoring opportunity, the puck is flipping up near the air toward the left crossbar in behind Markstrom when he falls on it to be able to make the save. That is utterly ridiculous. Absolutely. It is just incredible that that did not bounce off of his backside or the numbers on the back of his jersey and just trickle in. But we remain tied at two. Carolina seemed to be closer to getting the advantage in this game, but nope, it's still two to two. The Flames can't keep it in here. And the puck bounces off some skates, but is slapped back through the neutral zone. Milan Lucic will, I think, well, my goodness, he seemed to be the first one down, but the icing will be whistled. So we'll go the other way, and the Hurricanes will have a face-off to the left of Jacob Markstrom. Those icing calls are very subjective. Sometimes, like we're watching baseball playoffs in the ALCS or NLCS, sometimes they get the call wrong. I thought Lucic was there first. So did I, and I think uh, the entire Flames team did. I even know Daryl Sutter thought that based on the look on his face. 12 minutes and 30 seconds to go here in the third period, and the puck is loose in front. Zadorov was on his rear end, and he gets uh, Jacob Marstrom a quick tap on the pad as Marstrom bailed him out. Zadorov couldn't cover his man right outside the blue paint, and that one deflects on. Marstrom has to cover up and does so successfully. Derek Stefan battling in between the blue paint. He wanted to get the goal back that was rescinded. Good effort there by Carolina. Absolutely. You know, he's motivated to get that score back for his team and for his own stats. Right now, the Flames do have possession. It's Zadorov shoveling it along the right side, along that right wall, but the puck comes trickling back into Michael Stone. Haven't said his name a great deal tonight. Not a ton of ice time for number 26 for the Flames. And Carolina comes away with it to Markstrom's right. It's held in and sent back around. Now chasing down is Andrew Manjupani, I believe, and he is able to clear the puck. Icing will be waved off as Carolina chases this down. That's number 44, Calvin DeHaan. DeHaan, one of the goal scorers tonight for Carolina. And here comes the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are, excuse me, they are bothered down in the right corner by Noah Hannafin. With the puck there momentarily was Seth Jarvis, but Hannafin did a great job to wall him off. And we have a delayed penalty coming up against the Flames and they do touch up. I'm not sure who this is on, John. Daryl Sutter is PO'd. I'm confused. It looks like it's going to be Hannafin, who was making some nice plays. But he gets whistled for, I think, a slash here. It looks like that play previous was Zeth Jarvis in the right boards when the stick got dislodged out of his hand. That's why he's going to the box. It's hooking at the 824 mark. You're right. Yes, he did get the, the stick blade across the gloves of Jarvis and, and, and pulled him off of the... The shot attempt and drove him to the corner. It looked like a clean play to me, but uh, the refs are a little closer than we are, my friends. So two minutes on the board here for Carolina. Not what the Flames need right now, and Carolina comes away winning that faceoff. There's a shot deflected on, but wide of the net. So not on to Markstrom. Didn't have to answer the bell right now, but Carolina keeps it in. Five men on the ice for Carolina, four for the Flames. Fifteen seconds of a lapse here in the power play. Brent Burns goes right to left. There's a shot that was right on, but hit a body. And once again, players going down in the high slot. This one shot on and doesn't make it to Markstrom. So the Carolina Hurricanes know what they're looking for. They're putting the puck on net from literally anywhere. 30 seconds gone here in the power play. The Flames look to clear, and they will just be able to do so as Brent Burns collects near the penalty boxes. And here comes Carolina once again. Markstrom comes out of his paint, stops the puck in the trapezoid, and sending it right up the center of the ice for the Flames. About 50 seconds have elapsed here in the, in the penalty. 
eight of nine on the penalty kill in the last few games of the Flames. And streaking up on the right side is Martin Natchez. He holds possession for Carolina. Now working behind the office of Markstrom is, I believe that's Teravainen. And with 50 seconds to go here in the power play, Carolina with some extended zone time, as you can imagine. Up at the blue line are the Hurricanes. There's a shot right there. Markstrom didn't seem to see. It might have gone off his mask. That shot right on by Martin Natchez. Carolina still has possession. Tons of zone time here on this power play for Carolina. That one touched across and back to the blue line. Holding there is Noisen. Noisen sends down low. It's backhanded back out to the blue line. Over to the faceoff dot to Markstrom's right. 17 seconds to go here in the power play. There's a slapper. That one's to the right of Markstrom. I think that hit the outside of the net. 10 seconds to go here in the power play. Martin Natchez with it. And this one's just past the outstretched stick. And now back to the blue line. This has been all Carolina. And then gloved is the puck by Markstrom as the penalty expires. My goodness, John, how did the Canes not score there? I was just going to say, Jacob Markstrom, Calgary's got to feel happy that he was able to just stop the play there because Marty Natchez, again, he was trying to aim for the top of the crossbar, and he just missed that. And they had the puck in the zone the entire time. So I don't know how they dodged that ball there. It was good puck possession by Carolina, but Calgary did what they had to do, and thankfully they got a stop there and a seal by Markstrom. Wow. I mean, that's that's what uh, the Flames need to see from Markstrom early in games. You know, it's, it seems like... An eon ago that he let in that five-hole goal about a minute and a half into the game. Uh, he's really been dialed in. Uh, I know he's given up too, but John, what have you thought uh, as the game has continued about Markstrom's play? He's looked more poised and he's com comfortable inside the net. Look, Carolina's had stretches in this game where they've just had more puck possession. I will leave it at that. And he's been tested. I know some of those shots have you went high and wide above or left or right of the crossbar, but he looks like he's been tracking the puck well and he feels good. And I, I guess they would feel fortunate, too, that there was an offside and Derek Stefan's goal did not count. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Another thing, we've obviously talked about Tyler Toffoli. We've talked about what the Flames are hoping for from Jonathan Huberdeau. We've talked about contributions from those third and fourth line wingers. Uh, but you know, I'm seeing a little bit of, hmm, I'm seeing a little bit of a struggle from some of the Calgary Blue Liners tonight. Noah Hannafin has not had a fantastic game. He was beaten once by Slavin to the left of Markstrom in the second period. Uh, he takes the penalty there as he tries to drive his man into the corner. Um, have you noticed anything about Hennepin's game tonight in, in one way or the other? No, I, I think that's fair to say there, Cooper. But I also, again, they've struggled, but I, I wouldn't just put it just on him, and I know that you're not. I think Calgary's kind of struggled with that too. I think Carolina, with the amount of forwards that they can have that do have the good 200-foot game between Ajo, Teravainen, and Jarvis, alongside with the elite defense that they have, does have reasons why Calgary is struggling a little bit tonight in that end of the neutral zone. Yeah, and we're just about to get into action here. Uh, another uh, number I'm going to keep an eye on is is 52 for the Flames, Mackenzie Weger. Uh, he has uh, disappeared a bit as the game has gone on. There's a shot, glove through traffic. Slavin with that left-handed snapshot gets right to Markstrom in a hurry, and he closes that trapper and makes yet another save. You were just talking about Markstrom trying to look more confident. I don't care how many people think that that was an easy save or not. That was through traffic, and that was an immediate confident glove. He knew where the puck was. 
Absolutely. He was he was like a rock right there, kept that puck frozen. And right now the Carolina Hurricanes, unsurprisingly, holding possession in the Flames' end. This has got to change, or the score will change, and Calgary will not be happy. But here's a two-on-two the other way, partial breakout. But the puck is knocked off a stick by Brent Burns, longtime shark. He took it off of Lindholm's stick. And now the Flames try to possess down low. Huberto can't find it. But the Flames keep in momentarily. That's Zadorov at the blue line. Puck trickled all the way out toward the logo at center ice, and the Flames will dump it back in. So less than nine minutes to go now, and the shots are almost even. 24 for Calgary, 23 for Carolina. The goals even exactly at 2-2 two and two as the breakout begins for Carolina. There's a pass to the right side. Here comes Marty Nietzsche. He tries to cut in, and it's chipped away by the Flames. Now trying to break out is Kadri. He has Dylan Dubé with him, and just like they've been doing all night, Kadri shoots from a crazy angle way out by the face-off circle. And the Flames cannot hold in there as Mangiapane's beaten. The puck goes bouncing all the way down. Uyghur with a nice stretch to hold possession and gives it to Kadri. Kadri backhands this one down low. Dubé chasing after it and cannot keep it in. The puck is cycled deep all the way to Markstrom, who will paddle this puck and leave it for Noah Hannafin, who we spoke about just a few minutes ago. Eight minutes to go here in the third. And the Flames are fighting for the puck near the red line at center ice. Blake Coleman tries to soccer-style kick that to himself. Cannot keep possession. The puck flutters over toward the Flames bench, where Brett Ritchie, the number two goal scorer for the Flames, who tied this game with that incredible tight-angle shot earlier, he had it momentarily. Keeps a skate on the blue line there as Milan Lucic skates in. And here comes Kevin Rooney. Boy, haven't talked a lot about Rooney tonight, but the former Ranger... Uh, loses possession right there. Luckily, the Flames are able to keep it near their own blue line. It's deflected all the way down ice. No icing call. Ajo picks up with 7.20 to go in the third. Blake Coleman on the forecheck. And carrying right there for Carolina is, I believe, Jalen Chatfield. That's a third-pairing defenseman for Carolina. And they will hold at center ice. Trevor Lewis fights for the puck right there, and it bounces all the way back down toward Auntie Ranta. He will paddle it aside, picked up by Brent Burns. Brent Burns with the beard, relatively short right now, close to the chin. He sends that one up for a shot right on. It's saved by Markstrom with the right pad. And the Flames come away with it. Coleman on that left-hand side. He gets tangled up with Brent Burns. We're going to have a penalty. And I think it's going to be a penalty against the Flames. Yes, indeed, because Carolina has the puck. I think we're going to get a cross-check or interference against Blake Coleman, John. I'll get your thoughts momentarily as the Flames touch up and Burns heads to the bench. It looks like, from what I just saw, Brett Burns had a little bit of cut near her face. Yeah, he got a cross-check right into Brett Burns' mouth. So that's definitely what I would see right there. That was a big-time hit as the two were battling for the puck. Yes, indeed, and it looked inadvertent by Coleman. He was streaking in on the left side with some speed, burns in his way. Obviously, that's a big body right there, and the cross-check comes up. It's, they're going to call it a high stick because it did get up into the mouth and jaw area. It is four and I, minutes. And it is four minutes as Burns has a pretty significant cut there on his lower lip, uh, potentially on the inside of the lip. But four-minute double minor to Blake Coleman. This could be the turning point of the game, could it not, John? I don't want to be hyperbolic here, Cooper, but I'm, my thoughts exactly. So the faceoff will come to Markstrom's right. Kotniemi versus, I believe that is Andrew Mangiapane. Excuse me, no, it's going to be Elias Lindholm, 28, not 88. 
Lindholm wins it momentarily, but it's between his legs, and Carolina will hold it. They're 0 for 2 tonight on the power play. This is their third opportunity. So time running shorter now, just six and a half to go here in the third. Three minutes, 45 seconds to go in this double minor. The puck is off the end boards behind Markstrom. Flames will try to clear. They go with a nice angled clear all the way down and into eventually the trapezoid of Auntie Ranta. Thursday versus Edmonton, two for five were the Hurricanes on the power play. As they are now in on Markstrom, there's a back pass right there by number 24, Seth Jarvis, but it trickles all the way back down, and Ranta is out of his crease to corral this puck. So 45 seconds of elapsed here in the double minor. Pesci leaves that one for a teammate as the Carolina Hurricanes will break out. It's carried up by Seth Jarvis. The puck cycles around. It's in the right corner, and backhanded out. Nice play right there by number 24, Brett Ritchie. Boy, he's had a game for Calgary here has really made a difference for the home team as now less than three minutes to go in the power play, five minutes, 27 seconds to go in the third period. Now the Flames break out, have a potential breakaway opportunity. There's a pass that's off of a body, though. Manjipani was looking for Backlund, who was streaking toward the Carolina blue line, and they could not connect the dots. Coming out now across the Flaming Sea are the Carolina Hurricanes, but the Flames... They jump on an errant puck right there, and they will knock it all the way back down. So, nice penalty kill right here for the Flames, don't you think so far, John? Absolutely. It's exactly what you want, but they've still got halfway left to go on it. Yes, indeed. And in the meantime, the Canes have evened the shot board. It's 24-24. That puck picked up by Chris Tanev, a great defensive leader for Calgary, former Vancouver man. He gets that one all the way back down to Ronta once again. So, the first half of the double minor about to expire, 205 at 204 and counting. Four minutes and 35 seconds on the clock in the third period. Carrying up on the right wing are the Canes, but the Flames do a good job yet again right there. Play is whistled dead. I think we have an offside call, so that's Carolina going offside unexpectedly, and the faceoff will come outside of the zone. I have to give the Calgary Flames a lot of credit in this one respect. Their penalty kill in this game has been excellent. Yes, you can talk about Carolina maybe not being as sharp as you'd want them to be on the power play, but this is a big-time important moment in this game, and they've stepped up right now. So I'll get right back into the action just in case, because I said Cooper on mute right now. So... Carolina will pick this one up now with Zeth Jarvis. They got this on their power play with a minute 30 left. Calgary is just trying to kill this double minor as this goes back down the ice. Are you good here, boss? Yes, indeed. Apologies about that. I was actually making the call but needed to look at my microphone <laughs> icon. I still had the slash through it. Uh, and that's what we had earlier. Uh, well, it was a high-sticking call. That's why Blake Coleman's in the box with a double minor alone in front with a huge save as Markstrom. The shot was on from Jarvis. Unbelievable. He was on the doorstep, and Carolina fighting for possession now along the right wall. It's held in right there and touched across on the backhand pass. A minute to go in the power play for the Canes. 3.30 to go in the third. My goodness, the heat's turned up here, just kept in at the blue line. Now here steps in is Jarvis once again, stepping in, I should say. The puck is loose, but held in by Carolina. Diving for the puck is Trevor Lewis. And now it's a five-on-three. The puck is loose in front of the Flames clear. My gosh, John, what a sequence. You can probably hear it in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> the play-by-play is getting to me, my friend. 35 seconds to go here in the power play. 
309 to go in the third. The Flames doing an excellent job on the penalty kill, as John Ott just mentioned moments ago. And the puck trickles out to the neutral zone. The Flames ever closer to closing out this penalty kill without giving up a tally. 19 seconds on the man advantage for the Canes. It's deflected in by Natchez all the way to Markstrom. He leaves for Rasmus Anderson, I believe, who fires all the way down, full length of the ice. And it's paddled aside by Ronta. Five seconds to go here in the power play, 240 in the third. Nazem Kadri forechecking nicely there. And the Flames will take it away. That's Mackenzie Weger. He tries to find Toffoli, who is streaking down the left wing. Toffoli could not make the connection. So 225 to go here in the third. 26 shots apiece. And the puck bounces out to the neutral zone near the Flames bench. Markstrom out of his crease. Now he leaves this one for Weger, the former Florida Panther. And this one is backhanded across and picked up now by Huberdeau, but he immediately is dispossessed, and that puck is picked up and carried in for the Canes by Jesper Faust. Now it's in the right corner to Markstrom's right. Puck trickles around. It's held in. Carolina and two Carolina Hurricanes, I should say, and two Flames fighting for the puck in the near corner. 150 to go in the third. Pucks in around, Huberto chasing down, but he can't get to it before the Carolina Hurricanes do. And this one is deflected up and into the netting. My goodness, John, what a sequence we've had. The Flames get out of that, excuse me, that penalty unscathed. And Jarvis was right on the doorstep in the faceoff circle, and Markstrom makes a huge stop. That was a gargantuan stop there by Markstrom on the other side. Then he's also trying to battle into the screen, pushing the man out of the way so he could see. So Markstrom's finding some of that Vesna form right now, but Calgary's got to close out the rest of this third as we got less than two minutes left. Yes, indeed. 26 shots apiece, two goals apiece, no scoring here in the third, and the Flames doing the wave, as you'd say, the Flames fans here in the Saddle Dome. Milan Lucic, who has been pretty busy tonight, he's on his horse right down, uh, right there chasing down the puck. The wave comes around again as Elias Lindholm tries to hold in, can't do so, and the Flames will reset with under 90 seconds to go here in regulation. Brett Ritchie fighting for the puck, he's able to do so. As this one is tipped up and out of play, face-off coming in the neutral zone. One twenty to go here in the third, John. I think aptly noted on the Sportsnet feed now that we're seeing is the penalty killing by the Calgary Flames. And you cannot mention this game without their level of penalty killing. That could be an easy reason why they get a point in this contest. And that's what they're hoping for, at least, as we're getting close to crunch time. Absolutely, and this is what we were talking about. The Flames just want to do better than they did against that in that Buffalo Sabres contest. That was an unexpected heavy loss for them, and they're already doing better tonight after having given up the first goal. Uh, the first two, in fact. Now we have a minute five to go in the third. It's 2-2 here in Alberta. We're at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. John's in Michigan. I'm in California. Cooper Hopkins on your play-by-play, -play. John Ott on the color, and the Flames are able to dispossess the Canes in their own end. And here comes Michael Backlund trying to step out and into the Canes zone. He's able to do so. Great job right there. That was one on three. He was doing it alone, and now we have 42 seconds to go in the third. Stretch pass there is going to trickle all the way down toward Markstrom. Chasing down for the Canes is Kotniemi. But the Flames will come away with it. It's back in neutral ice. And dumped back down by Carolina. So Rasmus Anderson comes up with the puck, has a little trouble getting the handle, and it's going to be, nope, back to Anderson as it bounces off of number 86, Tebo Teravainen, 
for the Canes. Now on the left wing here, with a little bit of speed, is Dylan Dubé. He tries to streak in. That puck is nicely checked away. I didn't get a number on that one. I think it was Chatfield, the blue liner for Carolina. As we're inside 10 seconds, 7.5 to go, 6.5 to go. Flames with possession. Kadri chasing down in the right corner. Another sharp angle shot. It's bouncing. And we are going to overtime, John Ott. I love it, Cooper. This has been the contest that we've tried to circle here and work together, and this is exactly what we want to see. Hurricanes and Flames going into OT. Let's do it. Yes, indeed. Wow, we're going to get a break here, and then we're going to see some unique hockey three-on-three. Three. Boy, the way this third period has gone, especially the last half of that third period, John, I almost want to see more five-on-five. Five. I want to get that playoff format because these are two teams that, Without being a, a fan, truly putting a neutral hat on, I could see both of these teams playing for the Stanley Cup this year. This is a preview. This is why we circled this one here, Cooper. No doubt about that. I mean, next Saturday, you and I can have the possible rematch of the Battle of Alberta again, and we can see that again. But right now, I'm glad we're able to do this contest. And both of these teams are really good when it comes to offense and defense and goaltending. You see it. And I will give Auntie Rotha some credit there because, again, it's usually Freddie Anderson and that. He's been solid when he needs to be. Nothing's been too outstanding, but I do think, to your point here, Cooper, as far as Jacob Markstrom, after the first couple goals, he's definitely settled down, and that sequence we had about, you know, seven, eight minutes in the third period, we had to fall on top of it in Snow Angel. That could have been the game. The four-minute penalty kill could have been the game, and Calgary really answered through adversity in that third period. So, okay, John, we have to put our uh, we have to put our prognosticator hats on here. So you know we're going to see you know we're going to see some Lindholm. You know we're going to see some Uberdo. Who are we going to see on the ice to start for Carolina? And if you had to pick it, who is your game-winning goal scorer tonight? Or do you think we're going to the shootout? I'm going to say I'll pick on both sides. I'll go Jonathan Huberdo for the Flames. I'll go Sebastian Ajo for Carolina. I love it. I love it. I like the Huberto call. I actually think we're going to see Andrew Mangiapane for the Flames. I think if it's going to be Carolina, watch for the captain. Watch for Stahl to make a difference here as we have five minutes up on the clock. Overtime set to begin. 2-2 here at the Scotiabank Saddledome on the ice. Slavin, Stahl, Natchez, Huberto, Lindholm, Anderson for the Flames. And the puck is dropped one cleanly. Beautiful win right there on the backhand by Lindholm. Streaking back behind his own goal is Rasmus Anderson. He will get set and start this breakout three on three. Ten seconds have elapsed here in overtime. What a contest we have between these teams. The Flames in red moving left to right. The Canes in white right to left. And Lindholm with the puck taking his time. He's now in the neutral zone near the Flames of that logo. And here come the Flames. Lindholm's able to stay on. Huberto with the puck makes a nice move there on his left hand. He tries to swing it down, John. We talked about this all game. Goes oh, for the man. pass instead of the shot in the high slot after he made room for himself. And could be a mistake right there as here come the Carolina Hurricanes. But the Flames have numbers back. It's dropped off right there. High slot, shot attempt. No, I thought we were going to get a shot right there, but it's held. It's being kept by Ajo, and he goes all the way back to neutral ice. You see this during the overtime periods where these teams get reset. And the puck is lost between some skates. The Flames will take over and have an opportunity here. Coming up the right wing is Mackenzie Weger with the slapper right into the bullseye. He hits the N on Canes on Ronta's chest. Now it's 2-1-1 on the other way. There's the pass attempt, and it's missed by Sveshnikov. It was a bouncing puck. Couldn't get a clean shot away. 
and the Carolina Hurricanes will remain in possession. It goes all the way back down to Auntie Ranta, who paddles it forward to Svechnikov. Now the Canes will streak right in. Kadri on the ice for the Flames, Uyghur as well. 3.25 to go here in the overtime. Carolina has had the best scoring chance so far. Now the puck's turned over. There's Kadri down inside the slot area, but he can't get the shot away. It's been the story of the night. The Flames only can seem to get clean shots if they're about 30 feet from the net and about at a 10-degree angle. So here comes Michael Backlund. He streaks in two-on-one, but not, not the kind of two-on-one the Flames want. He waits for numbers, cycling back around. Now down low, and I think the puck may have glanced off the post or just wide and then off the end boards. He was looking, Backlund that is, was looking for Rasmus Anderson. 2.50 to go here in overtime. Calgary now with 29 shots officially, 26 for Carolina. And Carolina does hold the puck at the moment. Dylan Dubé on the forecheck. Here come the Hurricanes up the right side, but they're cutting across the ice now toward the penalty boxes. Three on three overtime, 2.30 to go. Moving in is Ajo. Ajo thought about the backhand attempt, doesn't fire. And he leaves this one for a teammate in the right corner. Looks like Brady Shea. So Shea with it fighting against Rasmus Anderson behind Markstrom. Shea has the puck in the corner. Natchez all the way back at the Flaming Sea will hold the puck there. He is forechecked by Dylan Dubé, who jumps off for a change. Jonathan Huberto back on the ice for Calgary. Now stepping in his Natchez. He has all the time in the world and keeping... A very steady right pad on the ice is Jacob Markstrom. That's a beautiful save right there. Potentially save the game. Markstrom has looked solid since a bit of a shaky start in the first period. Now the Flames will possess at neutral ice. Fighting for the puck is Lindholm. He loses it to Slavin. Slavin down in the corner to the right of Markstrom. 140 to go in overtime. Svechnikov tries to kick it forward. It's out front. The backhand pass, pass does not find its target. It's one-on-one -on -one the other way. Here comes Lindholm up the left side. Now, he's dispossessed. Flames cannot get ozone time here. Inside 90 seconds to go. Still 2-2. Next goal wins it, or we head to a shootout, John Ott. Some crazy back-and-forth play here. Carolina has had the better of the chances as the puck is held here by Nazem Kadri. Looks for that pass, and it's loose in front. He gets knocked into Ronta. Now Kadri steps off of Ranta's back, and this one is tapped in front by Mangiapane. Kadri with a rebound attempt. Fans jumping to their feet, but the puck is turned aside inside a minute to go here. Markstrom tries the stretch pass as the Canes change. Here comes Trevor Lewis. No, make it Kadri. Kadri, he dips and doodles inside, and he can't find the net. 45 to go as he was toe-dragging right to left. Kadri almost ended this game for the Flames. Now Rasmus Anderson settles down as I try to do the same. He has Lindholm to the left, but he'll do it himself up the right wing. Rasmus holds, holds, there's the pass. The Flames shoot and score! And guess who, John Ott? Tyler Toffoli takes the pass from Rasmus Anderson, and this game ends in favor of the boys in red. 3-2 your final score. Tyler Toffoli with the OT winner. Cooper, that's got to feel so good for Tyler Toffoli. It was just buzz after buzz after buzz. I thought Nazem Kadri a couple times on the doorstep was going to finish it off. Beautiful two-on-one passer for Toffoli. Makes no mistake on the one tee. That's your game winner. What a contest, man. Boy, I am, I am astounded right here. Tyler Toffoli had not really made any significant impact in this game. He comes onto the ice 
with that right-handed shot. He's sent on. You, I'm actually getting the replay right now from the Sportsnet feed. You can see Daryl Sutter getting his protege ready. And Rasmus Anderson deserving huge credit here. He takes yes. on two Carolina Hurricanes along the right wing. Tyler Toffoli waiting in the center of the slot and gets a beautiful tape-to-tape pass and makes absolutely no mistake, John. Yeah, as you said, Rasmus Anderson beating two defenders, but I will credit Tyler Toffoli being in the spot for the position of the pass to get the shot off. That's exactly what you want. And that's exactly the response you want after losing the Buffalo Sabres. Look, we know they're an upstart team, but how about coming back, playing the Carolina Hurricanes, and winning an OT? That is how you answer if you're the Flames. You've got to be happy if you're a Flames fan. Yeah, what a huge bounce-back game. And listen, Carolina, a tip of the cap, they're an excellent team that yes. they will make noise in the Eastern Conference, no question about it. But this, as the game continued, John, I think this is what we were both alluding to uh, as we worked our way through the third period. It started to have the feel of a heavyweight fight, and you made the call early on. So I'm looking at you, my friend. You said, next goal wins. And you were absolutely right. And you made the call to tell her, wow, that's really cool on the Sportsnet feed. Do they always do that with the traditions there? That's so neat. Um, yeah, you made the call early there with Tyler Toffoli. And, uh, man, he really showed up in a big way. And this is a matchup that we've been waiting to see, and I'm so glad we are able to do that. And then next Saturday, too, will be a big matchup with the Flames with the Edmonton Oilers. So if we can schedule another 10 o'clock game next weekend, we will definitely do that. So I would be looking forward to that. And one point I want to make as far as the game, I am glad in that overtime that it ended up the way that it did, not just to be a, a homer or anything else like that. But I will say, if we had to talk about Carolina scoring, and then I had to mention Jonathan Huberto not shooting that shot, I would have been really disappointed. Yeah, and, and listen, as excited as we are right now, as excited as Flames fans everywhere and the sea of red is right now, listen, there are a lot, and I'm italicizing in my tone, mm -hmm. there are a lot of plays tonight that are going to be learning opportunities and teaching opportunities for Daryl Sutter and, and his staff. Uh, I think that Huberdo is overthinking things right now. Uh, it's easy for us to say we can we can sit in our armchairs and, and analyze as much as we want, but I, if he were to you know give the man a little truth serum, I think he would be the first to admit it. He seems to be looking for the extra play, which is actually taking him out of the play that he is in. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. And again, it's one of those situations. Hell, I'll look at it earlier throughout the overtime. Look at what Nazem Kadri did when he had those opportunities there, Cooper. No, he didn't score, but at least like three of those times he drove the net. He looked for his offense. He tried to stick handle past Ranta. Huberto can do the same damn thing. So I'm hoping maybe even Nazem Kadri would just say, hey, look, man, you got the confidence and the ability. Go do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and you know, no, no uh, interest in ending on a negative note. They certainly contributed tonight, but boy, you, you have to look at across the lineup for the Flames, they're getting contributions. I mean, this is a different Flames team than last year. Very, not, I won't say very, but notably top-heavy, right? Of course, you had the, the, the Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk line, which will be talked about with good reason for many, many years. 200-point goal scorers. They hadn't had one since Theron Fleury in the early 90s. Uh, for Flames fans who remember, I mean, that was the young, quote-unquote young guns era when, oh my gosh, Todd Simpson, there's a name for it, random oh, <laughs> hockey player. He was captain of the Calgary Flames at the time, so that tells you where they were 
in their in their history. And listen, my point is the Gaudreaux and the Kachucks of the world, Lindholm having an excellent year, fantastic, made a massive difference, changed the trajectory of the franchise, took them to the playoffs, won a series, uh, made a strong push in the postseason. But this, the building blocks are different now. And even though Huberto isn't fully locked in, even though Mackenzie Weger has shown up in some games and then been a little quieter in others, uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Nazem Kadri, and I'm loving what is happening below those top two lines. It seems like there's a lot of ownership being taken by players like Trevor Lewis, even Blake Coleman, who unfortunately had the double minor. But you see it in the forechecking. You see it in the way they're skating. You see the effort of players like Milan Lucic, and ultimately that's resulting in goals this year. And then Tyler Toffoli, who, yes, he's on the first line, but he'd been invisible and all of a sudden gets two points for his team. Yeah, and like you said, not only do you get production from everything, but I know you brought this up from the when we did a cast last week. If Huberto is at the point where he's not getting all the goals and all that stuff yet, and he's probably the bronze star as far as all the acquisitions, Calgary's 4-1 to start the year. That should give you a lot of optimism, and you'd feel pretty good about that, especially the way that the team continues to play. Absolutely, and the outlier is the, is, is the Sabres game, you know, which I, sure. I brought up multiple times. That That's going to be a thorn in the side, probably two points they would have liked. Uh, but when you're beating teams like Vegas, who has looked very strong, you're beating the defending Stanley Cup champions, and you're beating a playoff team yes. who a lot of folks like to go deep out of the Eastern Conference, that's got to be two thumbs up for Flames fans everywhere. Absolutely. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do right now. And you said the 7 out of 10 is what you want in the homestand. I think this could have been one of those ones here, Cooper, whether you like it or not. I'll just say it. This could have been one of those ones you mark as a loss because I really give Carolina all that credit in the world. They're able to find the way. Yes, there was a goal that didn't go the way for Derek Stefan, but full marks to Jacob Markstrom to totally respond. Full marks for the team to be able to push through and on the penalty kill. And then on that uh, three-on-three and that skills competition, and that was exciting. A lot of opportunities there for Nazem Kadri. Rasmus Anderson beats two players, and Tyler Toffoli makes himself available for the game-winning one tee. So that was exceptional. So I know there's going to be another contest on Tuesday. But again, if we do get a chance to hook back up on Saturday, it will be the Battle of Alberta. I'm going to leave my schedule open just in case you say you are available because this 10 o'clock Eastern start might suit us if you don't have too much to do next week. Yes, sir. I mean, listen, if we get anything like we got tonight, we'll have another barn burner on our hands, no pun intended. It's always a pleasure. Uh, Of course, we'll be in touch quite a bit over the coming week, and I know you're going to have a lot on your hands. And, I mean, what a time in the sports world in general. I mean, we got the Houston Astros are on the cusp of the World Series, a good back-and-forth series between the Padres and the Phils. We have NFL football well underway. We got... Tons of fantastic hockey games. John, we got it, it, it's it's a smorgasbord for us out there, my friend. So we will certainly uh, continue working hockey, but who knows? There might be other things for us in the future as well. There might be something that you and I might have to talk about doing a World Series game. And the way that we split between the play-by-play and the color, I thought that was a lot of fun tonight. We'll definitely have to do that in the baseball side because there's a lot more talking and a lot more stats involved. So Maybe we'll get that going along, and I know I'll be getting that going throughout the week once I figure out my schedule. So as always, Cooper, I appreciate it so much for you to be able to hook up with me today to be able to do this game. And if it does come the next Saturday and we get another hockey game, I feel like the Oilers and Flames are going to give us another treat. 
Yes, indeed. I'll be ready to go. We will be in touch soon. And uh, to anyone out there listening who has listened or tuned in at all, thank you so much. Uh, so signing off for tonight, and John, we'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. Sounds good, man. Talk to you then. All righty.